It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this uh, 28th day of November, 2023. Um, my precious little granddaughter is 28 days old today. Four weeks on this little blue-green marble, hurtling in its helical journey through the universe. Happy month old, little Luna. It's the... Well, let's see. We're done with November on the 30th. How about that? But it's Titanic Tuesday. Hi, I'm Robin. And if you want to augment your listening experience, if you're listening live, well, pop on by the uh, Horn Chat Room, where you'll be greeted by the early arrivers. That would be Squeaky and Anatole and Too Much Hutch, and capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, and Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and... Uh, uh, guru of all things fermented, all uh, uh, Roger in Oregon. Yeah, like I said, it's Titanic Tuesday, and hooey, we got some Titanic right-wing cogitation going on. We do, we do. The, the next three hours will be rollicking and uh, wacky, uh, I think, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, pretty please, uh, like and subscribe. Maybe subscribe on a couple of different platforms because occasionally I have found out from y'all that the uh, every now and then a, pod, uh, a uh, podcast will fail to post on one of the multitude of uh, platforms where this program can be found. But, uh, yeah, so it might it would be helpful. It would. And leave a comment. It helps people see that the program is available and that folks are listening. It would be really helpful. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. Um, and that means we say thank you to our 28th day of the month subscribers and a la carte contributors. And that means thank you uh, to Cecilia, and thank you to Mark and Sharon, 
Thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island. Thank you twice to Mark. Thank you to Suman. Thank you all for being a partial sponsor of the program, and thanks as well to Lori. Thank you, Lori, so very kindly. Lori sent a message along saying, uh, Today's Giving Tuesday. Let's give to keep Robin on the air. That's a lovely idea, Lori. Thank you so very much. And uh, with that, I can announce very happily that the remainder of uh, Matt and San Francisco's one-winged dove circular challenge has been met. So I've been giggling about that all day long. I I, I feel so terrible that I ruined that song for you, Matt, but doggone it. I mean, I I, I only hear what I hear. Uh, So as it stands, remember, there is a massive... Happy Holidays, true tripling challenge on the table, and all we have to do to qualify for it is raise $580, down from, uh, down from $750. So we made it down to $580 uh, yesterday and into the morning, into today. we got $580 to go. Thank you. Thank you so much to our kind, anonymous Internet friend for making that happen. Um, uh, yes, Steve in New York, your $5 challenge got met, so thank you for that as well. Uh, wait, that makes it 570 570 yes. Uh, like I said, it is Titanic Tuesday, and we've got uh, ever so much evidence of the titanicity. Is that a word? Uh, but I wanted to... Uh, Send a shout out to a couple of people. Um, I had a note from Jessica up in the Greater Rochester Metropolitan Co Prosperity Sphere yesterday. She was listening. Um, uh, she was listening as she's recuperating. She said, uh, I'm home and relaxing, tired and a little sore. Uh, reported for surgery yesterday at 6.15 on the table, about 9.30 to 10. Um, and basically, she had a two-stage um, breast augmentation uh, job done. It was the, and she was the first trans woman ever to have it done uh, on her. And they did it up at the Mayo Clinic. And so she, is, uh, she was done. She said she was discharged a little after 2, so about 8 hours in and out. Uh, she said, y'all don't know how happy I am. i, I got to confess, it's a little bit strange to see a Minnesota girl using y'all. Uh, but, okay, y'all don't know how happy I am. This is what I've been dreaming about for the longest time. For the longest time. No singing. 5.70 to go. Um, she said, it brings me joy that I've set the precedent for my trans sisters who want this option. And uh, so I, I'm, I thank you for sending that along. I'm glad you are doing well. I'm glad you've gotten one more step done. It's so long and so arduous. Um, congratulations. And congratulations to uh, uh, my, my dear sister, Leanne who should be waking up about now in uh, in Dallas. 
She had her confirmation surgery today, and she listens to the podcast. Um, congratulations, Leanne. It's a girl. So just a couple of little happy, uh, happy uh, milestones to mark here on this uh, next to the next to the last day of November, which kind of blows my mind, really. November has zipped by. Of course, the two longest months of the year, at least for me, in the Northern Hemisphere are January and February, and we got a little taste of it. Now, the woolly worm, you know, we, 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 uh, we predict the weather by the woolly worm here. The woolly worm said that uh, the woolly worms were black on one end and brown, like a third of it was black, and, and the other two-thirds were brown, and that's supposed to mean that things will be fairly mild but ugly on the front end and not going to argue. Uh, it got down to well diggers ass cold last night and I don't think I, I haven't been warm all day. I'm back here in a so many so, so many layers that I feel like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Girl. Ah. But anyway, the, the that having been said, Oh, Emilio, I don't know why, but I bet Tracy hates the Mayo Clinic. Don't be hating on Tracy hating Mayo. We hate on Tracy for hating raisins, okay? She's a, she's a grape supremacist and a raisinist. We don't hate on Tracy. We love Tracy. So, yeah, Titanic Tuesday, having taken its name oh so many years ago, about 20, I'd guess, from a man no longer with us who um, told one of his mouth-walking, knuckle-breathing listeners who called in and said, Steve, why ain't there no, why ain't there no, uh, why is there seashells in the rocks in West Virginia? We ain't nowhere near the beach. I done seed them when I was in the coal mines. To which he replied, Well, caller, that's because of the movement of the Titanic plates. <sighs> and so... The concept of titanic intellect was born. Uh, no word, no word on the uh, whereabouts of the titanic compostable to-go containers. One of these days, a, a researcher will figure out how many how many things there have been on the Titanic table over the course of this program. That's twenty years worth of Tuesdays. Uh, so that would be 1,040 Tuesdays thereabouts, give or take. But that having been said, let us uh, by all means uh, Steve in New York. Boo, Gunner, shame on you. You know where the door is. Show yourself out. Tracy, you might even say it's her raison d'etre. Oh, you horrible, horrible, horrible man. Although I will make sure I tell her that. And then if she wishes, she can she can despise you further. Poor little llama's almost frozen to death. That's how bad it is. Raisin detra. 
what in heaven's name am I supposed to do with you? Anyway, diving in to this here Titanic Tuesday. Oh, God. Well, uh, sad day, but a day of remembrance today for Rosalind Carter, former First Lady of the United States and one of the classiest and strongest First Ladies we have ever had. I heard an interview with her with uh, Terry Gross on Fresh Air earlier, archived interview. Uh, they talked about the fact that Miss Rosalind attended cabinet meetings. and She said, well, that just happened because uh, Jimmy got tired of me jumping on him the minute he'd get to the residence and ask why they did this or why they did that. And, 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 and he said, uh, well, why don't you just come to the, why don't you just, why, why don't you just come to the, uh, uh, meetings and find out for yourself. Classy lady. Well, oh, I just saw where Leanne was calling. I didn't get to take her take her call, but so that means she's she's awake and about. And welcome to the rest of your life, Leanne. And by the way, one of my favorite uh, dishes to take whenever there's like you know, hors d'oeuvres and snacks to bring along to a do is uh, Miss Roseland's Plains Cheese Ring. Absolutely flippin' delicious. Uh, it's uh, You use like three different kinds of sh- finely shredded cheese and uh, minced onion and pecans and cayenne pepper work it all together and the the glue that holds it together is a little bit of oh look there we are again mayonnaise and you do it in like a fluted pan and when you take it out you put it in the fridge and when you take it out then you fill the center area with some strawberry preserves and serve it with uh, like triscuits absolutely delicious if you look up plains cheese ring uh, you'll uh, find the recipe online and it's attributed to miss roseland and I first had it in Georgia in the late 80s. And I believe it probably is, courtesy of Miss Rosalind. So the point is, uh, every living former first lady attended, uh, Hillary Clinton, Laura Bush, Michelle Obama, and melanoma, Melanoma, admittedly, did not show up wearing her I really don't care, do you, jacket. But while the uh, uh, the other former first ladies displayed some class wearing funerary black, Melanoma showed up wearing gray. It's the holiday season. And, well, she's... Got a, we all know, a weird sense of style this time of year. Yeah, uh, but, well, uh, the weather looked fairly nice down Georgia Way. At least it wasn't freezing. But, yeah, she wore light gray. And she got absolutely roasted online. Uh, people calling her trash. Another another uh, uh, woman saying, in a world full of Melania Trumps, 
be a Rosalind Carter. Uh, Jimmy Carter, all of 99 years old, seated in a wheelchair, traveled about 140 miles from his hospice care to be there for his beloved wife's funeral. Married 77 years. Jimmy and Rosalind get better in the eyes of history with every passing year. And old 666 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan, and Nancy, just say no, uh, get worse. And worse, and worse. But when we talk about when we when we talk about Titanic intellect, you really can't get um, you, you can't get much more Titanic-y. Flank speed. There's an iceberg up ahead. Ram it. Ramming speed. Beat the drums. Row the row those galleys. You can't you can't beat Raphaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger eating future king of America. You just can't. And there's a couple of examples. He got fact checked to his face by a reporter uh, today. He was. Uh, Raphaelito was barking and grunting and hooting and moaning and rolling on the floor practically about President Biden's judiciary choices. Enter uh, Huffington Post congressional reporter Jen Bendery, who dunked on dunked on Raphaelito with merciless merciless uh, facts uh, sarcastically she said and, and this is the real sarcasm not the Trumpian sarcasm actually she said the caliber of judges that Trump nominated was exceptional, um, Raphaelito said. So she followed up saying, uh, well, the, there's Stephen Graz, who earned an embarrassing and unanimous not qualified rating for being unable to separate his role as an advocate from that of a judge. Or how about Jonathan Cobes? The 44-year-old still wet-behind-the-ears lawyer who earned a not-qualified rating because he didn't have any experience and, quote, was unable to provide sufficient writing samples of the caliber required of a U.S. Circuit judge. He could not write, folks, Ms. Bendery observed. And then there was Lawrence Van Dyke, trashed by his own colleagues as an arrogant, lazy uh, an ideologue lacking in knowledge of the day-to-day -day practice, including procedural rules. All of these receiving unsatisfactory or unqualified ratings 
from the American Bar Association. Uh, she, but she wasn't done, uh, Ms. Bendry, no. Sarah Pitlick rated not qualified because she had no courtroom experience whatsoever at all. People who have watched Perry Mason and... Uh, Allie McBeal have more courtroom experience than Sarah Pitlick, never tried a case, never examined a witness, never took a deposition, never argued any motion in a state or federal trial court, and the rating she got from the ABA was unanimous. And every last one of them was approved by the maggots in the Senate. Having been fact-checked with all checked with all of this, Rafael Eduardo Cruz said, The ABA is partisan. What? Well, the ABA is partisan. And you know, he's right. Wayne. The ABA is partisan. The ABA is decidedly partisan in favor of competence on the bench. The incompetent judges and incompetent lawyers are bad for the business. It's, but, you know, there's always an excuse, right? All this begins with, Biden's judges are extreme. Ten of Nitwit Nero's nominees were rated not qualified. Not one single nominee by Joe Biden has been rated not qualified by the ABA. Uh, along the way, Ms. Bendry points out, uh, Brett Talley, now he was, as Bendry noted, too crazy for Republicans to support 36-year-old lawyer, former paranormal activity investigator, and said that uh, Brett Talley said the best solution to Sandy Hook as far as he was concerned, you know, the massacre at Sandy Hook, would be to stop being a society of pansies and man up. Oh, dear. Man up. Yeah. Man up, you six-year-olds. Well, sadly... They'll never get a chance to man up or woman up. Because they're all busy being dead. Yeah. And then there were the shenanigans that Raffaellito put on today in the Senate Judiciary Committee. Raffaellito, it was a gun violence hearing in the Senate. Gun violence. Naturally, that caused Raffaellito to wax derpiloquent about, wait for it, George Soros. Every single Democrat on this committee voted to confirm 
every single one of them, but not just on this committee, every single Democrat in the United States Senate voted to, co to confirm all three of the Biden nominees, including Rachel Rollins, nominated by the U.S. attorney in Massachusetts, one of the leading advocates of abolishing the police as a local prosecutor. She put out a list of violent crimes that she wouldn't prosecute. Did you know what? Really? We're not having a hearing on the impact of Soros prosecutors releasing violent criminals from jail. We're not having a hearing on carjacking in Washington, D.C. because the Democrat city... Soros criminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, Soros, George Soros is a mob boss, right? Oh, Margaret. Draws George Soros like a gun. Of course, we all know that in 2023, the waning months thereof, and for years now, the word George Soros is just a replacement for the Rothschilds, which is a replacement for just saying the Jews. Council lowered the penalty for carjacking, lowered the penalty for murder. We're not having a hearing on Congressman Henry Cuellar, a Democrat from Texas who was carjacked in Washington, D.C. at 9.30 at night. We're also not having a hearing on the Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots across the country because to Democrats, when stores are being looted, when, fire, when police cars are being firebombed, when police officers are being murdered... I, you, you can just tell how badly he wants to use the word, can't you? Negroes and Jews! That's not a crisis if they agree with the ideology of the criminals. Instead, their objective is they want to take away the firearm from the single mom who's taking the subway home at night who that is the only prevention she has against the violent criminals. That the and the 52 feral hogs. Democrats are unleashing. And by the way, to give you an, uh, uh, an underscoring of it, look, we have a mental health crisis in this country. Yep. Apparently so, if you're fulminating as to be taken at face value. I've repeatedly introduced legislation to improve school safety, to invest to double the number of police officers in schools. Democrats objected. Uh, well, I mean, you are the junior senator from Texas there, Rafaelito, and uh, boy, howdy, there were a bunch of cops outside the school there in Uvalde, and they all stood around shitting their pants, listening to the children get slaughtered. Right. And, of course, as our friend Mark in Florida has reminded us on so many occasions, you can't outdraw a drawn gun. And you can't out-ambush a bullet that's already flying. He's disgusting. I mean, it, and look, I, I know we've had a lot of hopes over the years that somebody might unseat him. But maybe 2024 will be the year. And if Raffaellito could be unseated, that would that would balance that would balance the the, 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 the ledger for 
that paragon of progressivism, my senior senator, Joe to the mansion born, being out of the, 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 the world's most exclusive debating club, or I'm sorry, deliberative body, Girl can hope. To invest $15 billion in mental health counselors in schools, Democrats objected. Their priority is not stopping the criminals. Their priority is disarming law-abiding citizens. Yeah, who were lawful gun owners until they pulled the trigger, but shh, don't tell Raffaellito. The, the, the criminal who shot up Uvalde? only became a criminal after he pulled the trigger. Up until that point, he was a law-abiding citizen. Darling of people like Raffaellito and the uh, NRA. And by the way, they call it a public health crisis because they want to put supposed experts in charge of disarming you. The Second Amendment in the Bill of Rights is not a public health crisis. What is a public health crisis is the crime rates that are skyrocketing because Democrats keep letting murderers and violent criminals out of jail. At some point in time, it would be nice if there was actually some supporting data for any of this, but that's a bridge too far for Raffaellito because, well, he's just kind of making it up, and every last word of that is going to be uh, turned into a fundraising email if it hasn't already been. Ted, you liar, says Jeremy. All the police involved in the demonstrations of the BLM movement in 2020, 2020, 2021 will openly answer the question, was there evidence that BLM or Antifa was involved in the violence and looting? We'll answer with a stern, no evidence other than the outside agitators. I really dislike that creep, Jeremy says. I reserve near hate for Trump and Trump alone. Well, right. We know, we, we know what happened during the riots over the murder by one of those dedicated law enforcement professionals, you know, Derek Chauvin and his uh, minions and cronies. Uh, Soros prosecutors, Emilio says. I forgot he was a DA. He's a district attorney and a mob boss, too. Well, it's kind of like that passage somewhere in the New Testament. Uh, St. Paul saying, uh, Behold, I was all things to all people. That's George Soros, as far as the right wing's concerned. He, uh, he's, a, he's a mob boss, he's a prosecutor, he's a demon, uh, he's, it, it, yeah, he's a floor wax, he's a dessert topping. Oh, I'd love to see Raffaellito lose in 2024 and just go and take his job there behind the desk with that voice made for print of his. Over at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. And I'm trying, well, earlier this month, Raffaellito said he plans to uh, run for president again. That was the Texas Tribune back on November 7th. When? We don't know. I loved running for president in 2016. We came incredibly close. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I don't think he came close at all. 
I don't think he... Stop it. We're not going to go into the gutter this early in the program. It's the most fun I've ever had in my life, and I fully hope and expect to run again at some point. He did that while flogging his new book, On Woke, How to Defeat Cultural Marxism in America. You know, Pomo Nomo, Postmodern Neo-Marxism. Uh, he won in Iowa in 2016. And then Nitwit Nero just steamrolled him. Please clap. I know, that was Jeb Bush. But there was there was plenty of titanic intellect to go around today. Um, James Comer, that leading light of of, of of congressional probity, head of government oversight, uh, the House Government Oversight Committee. Well, he. Uh, he declared that, by God, he's going to... Uh, a couple of things. He wants to subpoena, and this is just... This is just disgusting. James Comer declare, uh, announced his intention to subpoena the family of the little girl who turned four the day she was released as a hostage by Hamas. Not kidding. He wants to subpoena Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali a real estate investor from Los Angeles and the mama of, uh, or the uh, auntie of uh, uh, the three-year-old little girl. Revolting. Just revolting. And why? Because... Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, the Benghazi of our time. We will hear about Hunter Biden till we're all fit to lose our mind. Yeah, she, Hunter, she apparently bought um, art, a piece of art, an objet d'art from Hunter Biden. Uh, back at the time, Dan Goldman in New York said, In the clearest sign yet of House Republicans' devious and distorted priorities, Chairman Comer has decided to subpoena a private American citizen whose three-year-old niece is being held hostage in Gaza by the terrorist group Hamas. This was before the child's release. Despite no evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden, House Republicans are spending their time attacking the grieving family of a Hamas hostage rather than working to get that hostage released. This is how odious these <clears throat> Christians are. Chairman Comer's behavior is disgusting. In his soulless desperation to smear President Biden ahead of the 2024 election, he has stooped to an entirely new low of abandoning the American families of hostages in a pathetic attempt to score political points against President Biden. 
In this trying time at home and around the world, the American people cannot tolerate this wild goose chase anymore. It must stop immediately. Yeah, but it didn't stop. That was a couple of weeks back. Well, now, Calmer has just been, well, the, the, the lights have just gone on for him that he's being outmaneuvered before he even maneuvers. Then again, uh, James Comer majored in agriculture at Western Kentucky University, I think it was. And, uh, so you might say he's being outmaneuvered. Sorry. So when James Comer declared that he, by God, was going to have the testimony of Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden said, okay. His lawyer sent Comer a letter and said, Mr. Chairman, these are quotes, uh, we take you up on your offer. Accordingly, our client will get right to it by agreeing to answer any pertinent and relevant question you or your colleagues might have, but rather than subscribing to your cloaked, one-sided process, he will appear at a public oversight and accountability committee hearing. A public proceeding would prevent selective leaks, manipulated transcripts, doctored exhibits, or one-sided press statements. Your empty investigation, ow, has gone on too long, wasting many better used resources. It should come to an end. From all the individuals you have requested depositions or interviews, all you'll learn is that your accusations are baseless. However, the American people should see that for themselves. Among other things, they haven't. Uh, the maggots have not found even a shred of evidence relating to President Biden. And Abby Lowell, it sounds like, is feeling quite confident that he's a better lawyer than James Comer is a farmer. Or, more more to the point, a congressman. Now, when he got his bluff called, <laughs> this was this was fun to this was fun to watch unfold today. When he got his bluff, bluff called, and Hunter Biden said, "Yeah, cool. Let's have a public hearing. Let's do this out in the bright light of day where everybody can see it, and you can't tell lies like you have been." Uh, well, Hunter Biden's on the off uh, on the offense. And now uh, James Comer is acting all huh, butthurt. Yeah. Out manured, says Lee in New York. Oh, Robin, obviously manure was James Comer's major. Clearly he is an expert. <laughs> no. So uh, after he said 
after Hunter Biden said that he'll be happy to testify in a public hearing. James Comer had a hesse. <laughs> I love it because uh, uh, according to reporting from Fox News TV Radio Rwanda's Chad Pergram, Comer then claimed, Hunter Biden is trying to play by his own rules instead of following the rules required of everyone else. That won't stand with House Republicans. Our lawfully issued subpoena to Hunter Biden requires him to appear for a deposition on December 13th. We expect full cooperation with our subpoena for a deposition, but also agree that Hunter Biden should have the opportunity to testify in a public setting at a future date. He didn't say anything about what his particular objection was to having a public hearing, except for the fact that God, everybody from God on down knows that it'll be a massive embarrassment, especially if, as uh, counsel for Hunter Biden, Abby Lowell, pointed out, he can't uh, do selective leaks and twist words and try to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. And pretty much everybody saw what it was. Uh, Jamie Raskin, a member of that self-same committee, issued a statement uh, uh, after, after James Comer said, uh, uh, our lawfully issued subpoena for Hunter Biden requires him to appear for deposition on December 13th. Uh, Jamie Raskin said, after wailing and moaning for 10 months about Hunter Biden and alluding to some vast unproven family conspiracy after sending Hunter Biden a subpoena to appear and testify, Chairman Comer and the oversight Republicans now reject his offer to appear before the full committee in the eyes of the world and to answer any questions that they pose. What an epic humiliation for our colleagues, and what a frank confession. They're simply not interested in the facts and have no confidence in their own case or the ability of their own members to pursue it. After the miserable failure of their impeachment hearing in September, Chairman Comer has now apparently decided to avoid all committee hearings where the public can actually see for itself the logical, rhetorical, and factual contortions they've tied themselves up in. The evidence has shown time and again President Biden has committed no wrongdoing, much less an impeachable offense. Chairman Comer's insistence that Hunter Biden's interview should happen behind closed doors proves that once again what the Republicans fear most is sunlight and the truth. And he continued just blistering the hide off of James Comer, saying, Your empty investigation has gone on too long, wasting too many better-used resources. It should come to an end. Consequently, Mr. Biden will appear at such a public hearing on the date you notice, December 13th, or any date in December that we can arrange. Uh, that, those were Abby Lowell's words. Lowell said, if, as you claim, your efforts are important and involve issues that Americans should know about, then let the light shine on these proceedings. Ah, uh, it's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. And the blistering continued. 
uh, one of my one of, one of my favorite uh, members of Congress, the freshman from Texas, Jasmine Crockett, said, uh, refusing to hold a public hearing. Remember, she's the one who called down uh, bobblehead boobert, was it, saying, uh, I know how legislation works, and I've actually worked in legislatures, and I'm a lawyer and shit, and you're not. Uh, Jasmine Crockett said, refusing to hold a public hearing allows the party in power to construct their own version of the truth. If House Republicans have the smoking gun they claim they have, why are they afraid to show it to the American people? What are they trying to... Uh, Hide. Of course, it doesn't jibe with something uh, Comer had earlier declared after he got called out for his sketchy business dealings. You remember, we ran the quote or clip. Uh, when he was called out about the uh, questionable land transfers in his <clears throat> family <clears throat> business. I, I, I think the American people have lots of questions, Mr. Chairman, and perhaps you should sit maybe for a deposition. I, would, I will be questions. happy. I will sit with Hunter Biden and Jim Biden, and we can go over our LLC. That, that'll be great. I'll, I'll make sure the I, ranking member do that. is happy that, that. that you'll we'll sit sure. Yeah, I love it when Southern men get all squeaky. We can go over our LLCs. Tis the season. Nobody wants a Charlie in the box. That'll be great. I'll, I'll make sure the right, ranking member is happy that, that. that you'll we'll sit, sure at a, sit at a table. <laughs> we'll do that. Yeah, we will. We'll do that. Ah. Uh. And so now the now the maggots are try, they're they're lining up trying to figure out what side they're supposed to be on. Uh, enter Jason Smith of Missouri. Uh, you might recall Jason Smith of Missouri, who is the chairman of Ways and Means, got called out, basically outed as gay by one of his own carcass members. And Jason Smith is also on the oversight committee, and uh, he uh, ran off to social media and said, I welcome Hunter Biden finally agreeing to testify. It's long overdue for him to come clean in front of the American people. But then he found out his chairman was out there throwing a fit. And deleted his tweet or whatever post it was because they can't keep their story straight because they're maggots. Uh, Representative Robert Garcia of California said. After his first hearing disaster, where his own witness testified there wasn't evidence for impeachment, now Chairman Comer is shaking in his boots at Hunter's offer to testify publicly. Why? Because he knows his innuendo and conspiracies don't hold up in the light of day. And the Democrats on, on Ways and Means said, House Republicans want to doctor testimony, selectively leak and manipulate the facts, more fact-free fallacies behind closed doors, but the American people deserve the truth. 
posted a sunshine emoji. Yeah, on the other hand, uh, Josh hauling ass over in the Senate uh, of Missouri, speaking to Hillary Vaughn of Fox News TV Radio Rwanda Business. And well, she said she asked him about Hunter Biden, and Josh hauling ass apparently didn't get the memo. With you on, Hunter Biden has offered to testify before Congress at a public hearing in December. Hillary Vaughan with me now. Hillary, there is a difference between a public hearing and a closed-door meeting. That makes a big difference, doesn't it? Stuart, it does, because we do not get eyes or ears into a closed-door deposition, but we do in a public hearing. So that is something that Hunter Biden's lawyers are now requesting, saying he's willing to show up and testify in person, face-to-face, as part of the House Republicans' impeachment inquiry into his business deals and whether or not President Biden was involved. After the House Oversight Committee subpoenaed Hunter Biden, asking for him to show up for a closed-door deposition on December 13th, Hunter's lawyers say they don't want to do it in secret. They want everyone to see and hear what Hunter has to say, telling the committee this. We have seen you use closed-door sessions to manipulate, even distort the facts and misinform the public. We therefore propose opening the door. If, as you claim, your efforts are important and involve issues that Americans should know about, then let the light shine on these proceedings. But that is not going to slide with Republicans. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer responding, saying, quote, Hunter Biden is trying to play by his own rules instead of following the rules required of everyone else. We expect full cooperation with our subpoena for a deposition, but also agree that Hunter Biden should have opportunity to testify in a public setting at a future date. Across the Capitol in the Senate, Senator Josh Hawley tells me he does think that this should be done at some point out in the open. My view is that the American people have a right to see, and also, you know, they should evaluate this for themselves. I mean, if you do this stuff in private, what happens is there's inevitably bunches of leaks, and then it's, it's you know, well, so-and-so said this, and so-and-so said that. It's like, oh, just do it in public, and let the public see. Let Open the door so you all can report on it. You know, do it in public so the public can see, like that picture of Josh Hall and S waving the uh, terrorists into the Capitol. I know, I know. I'm surprised there haven't been any uh, wickedly mocking posts of James Comer using the Admiral Akbar meme. It's a trap. And then there's uh, representing Ben Klein of the Old Dominion, Virginia. Uh, who showed up on Newsmog and said that uh, that crafty Hunter Biden is trying to, not sure what, by offering to testify publicly on December 13th. I wanted to close on this if, if we can. I'm sure you've heard this breaking news. The president's son, Hunter Biden, has agreed to testify, but he wants to do it publicly in front of the House Oversight Committee and, and, and uh, Chairman Comer. The chairman responded basically saying, hey, we can do that at a later date, but we'd like to do the closed door deposition in December. But it goes back to your overall point of, of compliance. 
Um, and now there's negotiation over how uh, you would receive testimony, how you respond to subpoenas. Um, Congressman Klein, can you respond to this news here? Again, um, Hunter Biden's attorney wanting to do this publicly. Uh, again, the chairman of this committee, the Oversight Committee, saying, no, let's do this like the subpoena says, like the procedure says, behind closed doors, and then we can potentially do it publicly. Do you have a comment for that, Congressman? Well, this committee is trying to get the facts, get to the bottom of the corruption that was going on in the Biden family uh, between Hunter Biden and the rest of the family and exactly follow the money to where it leads. And they're preparing a report to give to the Judiciary Committee. The Democrats are stalling. They've essentially sent uh, the message to Hunter Biden that we will protect you if it's in public and for show. Uh, you won't have to give any facts, you won't have to give any information as you would in a deposition, uh, because in a deposition it takes hours and hours and hours. Uh, you ask the, the little questions that won't be kind of interfered with uh, by uh, counsel for the other side, mm -hmm. by members yeah. from the other side right. who mm -hmm. just want mm -hmm. to play for the cameras. So that's what this is all about. It's about blocking, continuing to block but Chairman Comer and this House of Representatives from finding out the facts for the American people. That is Congressman Ben Klein joining us from the Capitol. Congressman. It's a trap. But he got close to the truth. He snuggled up to it. Because the bottom line is, is that the House Oversight Committee is an absolute cavalcade of maggot dumbassery. The dipshit sisters trifecta sits on House Oversight. Yes, Madge, marginal trailer queen, and Clanny Granny, corn shucker Bobo, and Anna Pava Laguna. <laughs> are all there and they and, and, and nobody wants to hear them like shriek and howl and bark and grunt and moan and whine and maybe even come across the dais you have the idea they're a little a little thirsty for hunter hunter's not a bad looking guy but it's not just the it's not just the uh, mean girl trifecta stop trying to make fetch happen gretchen it's also people like uh, Clay Higgins. Clay Higgins, yeah, from Louisiana. And uh, Glenn Grothman from Wisconsin. Oh, just a, I'm sure Flavio could um, tell you a little bit about Glenn Grothman or any of the other members of the Wisconsin uh, Horn Family Community Congregation delegation. Andy Biggs from Arizona. One of the mutineers is on that committee. So is another mutineer, Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, the chair of the Feedum Carcass. Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, is there. So is Jim Jacketoff Jordan. And so it would, in fact, be 
and this is a complicated political science term, a fucking circus. It would be a zoo. Stand by. So that's probably the primary reason for not having a public hearing. It's wacky. Um, Cracker Comer. Croker, cracker. That is some authentic frontier gibberish. Steve in New York says, This fucker's going to talk about obeying subpoenas. They're going to talk about following their rules. Are you fucking kidding me? Paging Jim Shorts Jordan. Uh, well, he's only one. He's, he's one seat away on the dais, Steve. I, no need for him to p- even pick up the white courtesy phone. Emphasis on the white. And uh, Steve adding, Hunter Biden. Uh, the fucking Republicans don't want Hunter to Benghazi them as Hillary did with her 11 hours of testimony. Well, it's possible they can learn. If they need any help, they can always uh, get uh, Trey Gowdy on the blower. By the time those 11 hours with Hillary Clinton were over with, he had he had a sheen on him like a like a like a wax dummy in Madame Tussauds with a with the air conditioning out. And going back to Raffaellito talking about the poor innocent woman whose own whose whose gun is her only protection on the subway. And this is a serious this is a serious little uh, this is a serious missive coming from Stephen New York. Mugging on the subway. First, I want to say that the only reason I'm describing the race of the people who did what I'm about to describe is because of the effect it had on me afterwards. I've since been able to deal with my fear and anger and don't have the fear and anger I did for months afterward. On December 23rd, it'll be one year since four young black men surrounded me and mugged me on the subway going home at 9 p.m., giving me a black eye and stealing my phone. It was terrifying. It caused me so much trauma that for months afterwards, every time a young black man would walk towards me or just walk in my direction, I tensed up. I got a lump in my throat. I panicked. I even carried a blunt instrument to use if anyone approached me. For months, I replayed this event in my mind. I dreamed about it. I avoided the subway as much as I could, even though it is the only subway near me that I could take to my office. In addition, for months, I almost fantasized about how I would have made them pay if I'd had a gun. I would have taken pleasure in seeing them writhe in pain and suffer after shooting them. I even started to fill out a gun permit for New York. Then I had a cold, hard conversation with myself. What if I had had a gun? What if I had been able to take that gun out and point it at them? What if I'd had the opportunity to fire it? As I pondered all of these scenarios in my anger, something occurred to me. I might have shot one or more of those young men. I might have shot any number of the other people on the subway, severely injuring or killing one of those young men or a bystander. And for what? People paralyzed or dead over a goddamn phone and a black eye? So no, Teddy, you fucking dumbass. I'm glad I didn't have a gun. I'm glad I will not even now buy a gun. Why? Because the harm I could have done with that gun would have far outweighed any harm they did to me. Yeah, you'd be the you, you you would have been the Bernie Getz of 2022. 
You're not wrong, Steve. You're not wrong. Four guys and one and you with a gun. They would have overpowered you and blown your brains out. And possibly killed bystanders. Guns aren't that effective in situations like that. Um, the single the single woman riding home on the subway it also caught Lee in New York's attention. Crews confused. The single mom riding the subway with her gun, hoping to get home safely. FYI, New York City does not allow guns legally on the subway. Well, that's just ask Raffaellito, Lee. That's because there's no freedom in New York City. It's a communist hellhole run by Mayor George Soros. But that brings me to something else as we uh, begin the second hour of the program. Uh, And a reminder, we have $570 to go to qualify for a tripling challenge. Do the math. Uh, A tripling challenge. Your money doesn't get doubled, it gets tripled up to, it began at $750. We're down to $570. And if we can just get there, we will finish November fully funded, which will be a community-made uh, and um, challenge-offering, kind Internet friend-made miracle. So uh, yeah, please consider that and as, we, as we wind down this month. Thank you. Thank you so much. But uh, speaking of gun violence, uh, Vermont, I did not get to this story yesterday because we were up to our eyeballs in moranity. But in Burlington, Vermont, over the weekend... A man named Jason J. Eaton, 48 years old, stepped out into the street and shot three young men because they were wearing keffiyehs. I think they're keffiyehs. They're the scarves that are traditionally worn by Palestinians. An investigation continues to determine whether it was a hate crime The three Palestinian young men survived. One may be paralyzed for the rest of his life. They were students at three universities in New England, one of them being Brown, where Hisham Awartani is a student. And Christina Paxson, president of Brown, addressed a vigil last night and demanded that Brown divest from investments that support Israel. 
this didn't happen simply because these young men were. And they were visiting. They were visiting for the holiday weekend. They were visiting their aunt and uncle. The three young men had been classmates together. And I, I thought I thought of uh, our dear friend Todd when I heard this part. Because you don't really think of this in terms of the West Bank, but it's perfectly in line with their mission. The three young men were graduates of a Quaker high school in Ramallah. In addition to uh, Mr. Awartani, uh, Kenan... Abdal Hamid and Tassin Ali Ahmad, all of them 20 years old, had gone out for a walk in Burlington after after dinner. And a white man with a handgun stepped out, said nothing, and began shooting. One of the uh, two of the young men were hit in the torso. Another was hit in the lower body. Young Mr. Awartani has a bullet lodged next to his spine. And they never walk again. They had been, they were graduates of the Ramallah Friends School. Remarkable, distinguished students. Awartani, studying math and archaeology at Brown. Abdal Hamid is a pre-med student at Haverford College in Pennsylvania. I misspoke about all three students being in New England. Ali Ahmad, studying mathematics and IT at Trinity College in Connecticut. Awartani and Abdel Hamid are U.S. citizens. Ali Ahmad is on a student visa. And pity the uh, pity the grief of their families. Radi Tamimi is Abdel Hamid's uncle. He said, "We always thought that." That could be more of a risk, meaning growing up in the West Bank in terms of his safety and sending him here would be a right decision. Should have sent him to a civilized country, Mr. Tamimi. He continued and said, we somehow feel betrayed, we feel somehow betrayed in that decision here and we're just trying to come to terms with everything. Did no one tell you, Mr. Tamimi, that the United States of America and I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm not picking on him, but that we are a country suffused with deliberately induced paranoia and an absolute madness over firearms. Eaton, meanwhile... Uh, had held various jobs as a farmer, a ski instructor, a researcher, had struggled with mental health issues, including depression, 
But his mama said he was in such a good mood when she saw him on Thanksgiving. God. But again, even though he'd had mental health issues for years, he was a lawful gun owner. That problem, child of the law. And there is a closer-to-home nexus here in our little family community congregation. Jeremy, in Vermont, said, I knew the shooter. He worked until recently in one of the buildings I take care of and was recently let go. And for the record, Jeremy adds, Jason was creepy as fuck before the shooting. In person, he has that same thousand-yard stare as he did in the mugshot. Also, he told the ATF when they showed up, I've been waiting for you. I need a lawyer. But don't worry. Not a damn thing is going to happen. He'll be prosecuted. And I don't know. Maybe Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger-eating future king of America, will bark and grunt into a microphone if there's a camera on him. And talk about how... I've sponsored a bill, offered a bill for more mental health professionals in schools. Well, dipshit, Ted. More mental health professionals in schools wouldn't have done a goddamn thing about James Eaton. And thanks to monsters and freaks like you, Raphaelito, people like James Eaton can just sashay into a gun store and say, I need me, I need me a handful of freedom. And sashay right out with a pistol or an AR-15 or a shotgun, a hand cannon, whatever you desire, because freedom, because those Solons among our most puissant dread sovereign supreme catholic majesties can't seem to understand although they claim to be originalists <sighs> can't seem to comprehend that keep and bear in the language of the late 18th century based upon the english used in the common law and people like uh, cook Blackstone understood that keep and bear is not the same thing as own. During the debates over enslavement, there weren't exactly a bunch of enslaving Southerners talking about their right to keep and bear human beings. No, they talked about owning them. These hypocritical Christian farcical jackasses 
know damned well what the Second Amendment means, but the gun lobby is rich and powerful and props up their almost lily-white gun-humping constituency. Uh, More on Jason Eaton. Uh, Jeremy adds... Also has a young son who will who he will miss most, if not all, of his remaining life growing up. Hard. But like Mama said, he was in such a good mood on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you, Ralphs. That gets us down to... Uh, 545 just 545 bucks to go to be tripled and finish off this month fully funded thank you well since it is Titanic Tuesday and we've already had Raphaelito and we've had uh, uh, Cornpone Comer it almost it would be uh Well, it would be a shame not to include uh, uh, Senator Senator Foghorn Leghorn of Louisiana, Stan, the man who knows how to speak good, unaccented English, but uses that cornpone accent for the benefit of the rubes, I mean marks, I mean constituents back home in Louisiana, Stan. In that gun violence hearing in the Senate today, that was where we heard Raffaellito barking and grunting about what this hearing isn't about. Yeah, well, um, Senator Foghorn Leghorn made inquiry of Dr. Megan Ranney of the Yale School of Public Health. Naturally, being a Republican, had to use some coded language and talk about Chicago. 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 I want to know about Chicago. And and, and Senator, uh, Senator Cornpone considers himself uh, quite the talented interrogator. But he forgot that most important rule for lawyers cross-examining and to wit never answer a question to which you do not know the answer oops Dr. Ranny uh, reduced him to ashes this is enjoyable this is downright precious Let me ask you this. Uh-huh. Why do you think that Chicago has become America's largest outdoor shooting range? Do you think it's because of Chicago citizens uh, who have no criminal record 
but who have lawfully a gun in their home for protection or perhaps for hunting? Or do you think it's because of a finite group of criminals who have rap sheets as long as King Kong's arm? So Mississippi, Louisiana, and Missouri actually have higher firearm death rates. Obviously, there's certain... What about Chicago? So I don't live in Chicago. It's not my primary area of research. You don't have an opinion on that? I think there's easy access to firearms combined with environmental conditions, lack of great education. There have actually been studies showing that when you green vacant lots and repair abandoned buildings in urban neighborhoods, you see decreases in gunshots, in violence, as well as in stress and depression in the neighborhoods around them. No disrespect, Doc, but that sounds a lot like word salad to me. Did that sound like word salad to you? Because I understood every word she said. When you green vacant lots... That means tidying up, cleaning up urban blight when guns can be had across state lines easily, you wind up with problems. Let's 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 check in on that word salad again. Now let's remember that Senator Foghorn has a degree from Oxford, and I ain't talking about Oxford, Mississippi, neither. I'm talking about the one in Merry Old Engeland. Highfalutin, the, 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 the big deal. Got dons and stuff. That wasn't word salad. That was just an answer that he didn't like. Now, one more time, Dr. Ranny, uh, for uh, dipshit Kennedy firearm death rates. Um, obviously, there's certain... What about Chicago? <laughs> Don't you love that? Uh, Louisiana, Missouri, and Mississippi have higher firearm death rate. Gun. Yeah, yeah. What about Chicago? Louisiana and Missouri actually have higher firearm death rates. Um, obviously, there's certain... What about Chicago? So I don't live in Chicago. It's not my primary area of research. You don't have an opinion on that? I think there's easy access to firearms compared with, combined with environmental conditions, uh, lack of great education. There have actually been studies showing that when you green vacant lots and repair abandoned buildings in urban neighborhoods, you see decreases in gunshots, in violence, as well as in stress and depression in the neighborhoods around them. That's when you green vacant lots and repair vacant buildings, you see reductions in stress and depression. Now, what did we find out about, uh, uh, what was his name, Eaton? Jason Eaton? 
in Burlington. Yeah, he had him a gun, and he was dealing with depression. What about Chicago? What about Oxpatch, Mississippi? What about Sister Fister, Louisiana, Senator Kennedy? What about what about uh, Missouri, Stan? I mean, Chicago. Chicago's problems are fairly easily explained. Have we have we forgotten uh, uh, Herr Rottenhaus, whose mama helped him buy a semi-automatic assault rifle at a gun store in Wisconsin, even though he was from Illinois? Because if you can get across the Wisconsin state line and you're tall enough to get the money on the counter, they will sell you a gun. And you can do it through a straw a straw buyer, and next thing you know, you got you right, and you can go right back home to the greater Chicago land area, y'all. Word salad, my ass. Uh, Jeremy said, "Word salad is just a way to de- deflect the burn she left on his ass." Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be sitting in a bucket of ice water for a while, or maybe just trying to reconstitute the ashes of his entire burnt down being. Yeah. Pious mush mouth, yeah. And speaking of pious mush mouths, let's check in with. Uh, Tommy the Tuber. Interviewed by CNN's Manu Raju yesterday about his ongoing dumb shit, dipshit, dumbass blockade of military uh, promotions. That... uh, that leading light of Arkansas intellect and the pride of the Arkansas public schools, sorry, Haley, said, uh, Nothing has changed. I've talked to admirals and generals. I've had people call me. I've had people call me over the holidays and say, Keep doing what you're doing. We're not having any problem. So, that's right. Uh, unnamed... Unknown, and I dare say imaginary, uh, generals and admirals are entirely figments of uh, Tommy's imagination. But then again, he said, uh, uh, I've talked to admirals and generals. 
But then he said, ah, he didn't say the admirals and generals called him. He said, I've had people call me. Uh, well, that could, uh, that, that, could be, that could be, oh, I don't know, Mulla Mike, for all we know. Uh, that could be uh, Hiram Thumbbutt from Opelika, Alabama. Yeah, I, don't, I, pre- yeah, I appreciate what you're doing. We we got to get these women folk out of military, but until we do, we can't be letting them have, a, uh, we can't be letting them get them abortions and, 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 and paying for them to go do it. Uh, you keep doing what you're doing, Tommy, coach. So Manu Raju didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday. He asked for specific admirals and generals. He said, well, the, the, the people that are in the military, it's good to hear from people that are actually doing what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nobody was really buying that one individual responding to Monty Rogers' tweet. said, I bet every penny I own that not one active admiral or general has called Tuberville, as he claims. Anybody want to join me in that bet? All he has to do is give us one name. Well, that's one name you ain't going to get. Because Tommy the Tuber is a liar. And what Tommy the Tuber wants is for uh, people capable of becoming pregnant, be they uh, active duty military personnel or members of their family, to be held hostage inside the states where the military bases are. uh, Based upon the, the, the bigotry and misogyny, of the states where they're uh, located. And so you get some Republicans even women-hating Republicans who oppose abortion, like uh, uh, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and uh, uh, Lady G, Miss Lindsay, who are saying, eh, something's got to give here. So yesterday evening, uh, Chuck Schumer, the Majority Leader, said he'll be bringing a rules change to the floor imminently to... Snuff out Tommy the Tuber's treasonous behavior. So we are at the halfway mark of the program, and uh, oh, great line. Going back to the subpoenas. Ten subpoenas, you say, observes Brother Deacon Asa. Uh, This is Chairman Comer Pyle's... Get get Comer Pyle. 
own version of the cleanest hunt. Yes, the great cleanest hunt of the mid to late 1990s. That's high quality, Brother Deacon. Comer Pile. To be fair to Tommy Tuberculosis, Asa says, he never said these were American admirals and generals. They could have been Russian generals and admirals. Oh, you, uh, you are correct, sir. So we are slowly working our way down. Oh, hold on there. Maybe we are slowly working our way down from uh, $545 on the massive, massive Happy Holidays Tripling Challenge. If we raise 750 bucks, it can result in up to 1500 bucks, and that's amazing. But we got to raise the rest of the 545 first. So every 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 bit helps, it truly does, because there will be no subscriptions or anything tomorrow. Or the well, there may be one on the 30th. I think there might be one. Um, But that having been said, uh, let's uh, let's go let's go to the phones. Hey, Todd. Uh oh, Robin, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm Sorry, good. I conjured you earlier. You know, I missed it. I, I, I'm, and I want to. I don't really don't. I'm, I feel bad about calling in when I have not heard the whole program. Uh, that's okay. That's, uh, that, like, no, that's that's okay. I didn't, what is, what is, well, the 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 three the three young men in Vermont who got blown away by that white man with a gun. Well, I mean they were wounded, not killed, mercifully. You know, one mm-hmm. of one of the three may never walk again, but they were all graduates of the uh, Friends School, high school in Ramallah in the West Bank. Oh yeah, that's Quaker. Yeah, that means Quaker. Yeah, yeah. that's a small club. Yeah, okay, right. You know. Brilliant young, brilliant you know, young men. Mm-hmm. Quaker schools put out some quality talent. Well, I just—I mean, like I said, it makes sense to me that they, that there would be, but I never thought about there being a Quaker school in the West Bank. Well, that's outreach. Um, there's Quaker schools in Nigeria. They're, they're all over. Quakers have money, you know. Uh, they don't like to show it. It's not respectable in the Quaker society to. Oh, the, the, the Quaker industriousness and the ability to work hard and make money is legendary within American history. Yeah, and and you know, I I don't dislike it because honestly, like if I had, I don't know, if I had to do it over, I'd probably be a Quaker. But I mean, the things that they buy, like for a school. They have a committee. They just don't buy crap. They buy things to last, and they think about resale value, all that stuff. Like, I mean, they're they're well rounded. They're well rounded. You know, when you graduate from a Quaker high school, you you have to learn some practical skills. You have to already be on top of your academics. At the end is the practical skills, you know, like carpentry and stuff like that. You know, how to survive. 
even wilderness training. That was part of my training. That's how I learned it back then. Uh, and and what, a, what is it? What is it? The Sidwell Friends School is the go-to school for uh, DC DC's uh, political class for their yeah. kids. Sidwell Friends. Yep. 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 And in Bucks County, there's uh, the George School. Um. Yeah, I could have gone there, but I was too close to home, and I just a little close. Uh, so oh, if, it's, if, it's not, if it's not if it's not too intrusive to ask, where did you go to Quaker school? Um, I'll say in the Hudson Valley. Okay, fair enough. So that's why I know about yeah New York Military Academy that was close to us, Milford. You know, there's a circuit of schools. Um, yeah, New York so, Military Academy it, is that where Nitwit Nero went? That exactly. That's why I keep telling that story. That since we've been talking, like my roommate, the same roommate, the same. He he transferred from there because he was already military. He see he was in a military kibbutz. I mean, the only reason I say that is his stories and the pictures. There wasn't no agricultural. It was all about army stuff and guns and you know uh, the wall that they had and shooting over the wall it was all about that it was nothing about like they were crafts and they were making things because some kibbutzes are like that or farming kibbutzes or hippie kibbutzes or but see the back then and i'm, I'm glad you asked because i'm thinking about the time frame he would have been in his in that kibbutz he was in he would have been there in the late 70s somewhere between 1977 and 1979 because he went to NEMA, New York Military Academy, for one year before he became my roommate um, at the Quaker school. And, you know, he never fit in with the Quakers. He was always wearing combat boots, always, in the gym. You know, he couldn't. And I think back now, and, you know, now I have a little more knowledge under my belt. He, you know, he he was doing the best he could. Because they, you know, he was already killing people when he was probably 10 or 11 with automatic weapons, and that changes you. And he, he was different. He was kind of different. And I guess you know, Nero would have been there at, uh, what do you call it, NEMA? Uh, he would have been there, right. what, 1962, 63, 64-ish? Yes, early. And see, this is the thing. NEMA, New York Military Academy, they take younger students. So, like, it's full boarding. Like, they send him away early. They didn't want to be bothered with him. And that's, I think that's probably where he learned to be such a manipulative character. And it's a terrible place. I mean, he was already messed up, but that just did him in probably. I mean, because the hazing, everything. I mean, we, we stopped going there for sports. That's how bad it was. Like, you know, it's, it was awful. It was an awful place. Uh, like, I just, that, in fact, like I, well, when, I'm going to have to say this again. Once again, part of it, it was like the students were segmented. Some of the students they were on track to be officers in the military, Military, so they go there. Then you had people who literally, like when they say, well, you're going to reform school, we're going to send you off the river, like if you get in trouble in the city. That's the, the state of New York would pay for the you know, miscreant under underage people to send them to, that was the reform school, military school. So they were like, you know, kids from the South Bronx, you know, and they, they look old to me because they played basketball. They look old. They looked like they were 20 years old to me it was, and big. Oh, my God. And, you know, I'm like 16, 17, 18. Yeah, you know, had, they were huge. had full Fu Manchus and long sideburns <laughs> and all that shit. See? Oh, you were there. Oh, you saw it. Okay. No, I'm, 
I'm serious. And and so that, you know, uh, and then they had people like my roommate who were there for whatever reason, you know, they wanted the parents could control him. Like Trump couldn't, he, you know, his parents well, couldn't Well, yeah, the, his, Nitwit Nero's parents sent him off because he was a horrifying little punk who was going to wind up in prison. <laughs> See? Right, the court probably, of course, that's right, because he got into a knife incident with a Puerto Rican, which is one of, probably one of the reasons they don't like Puerto Ricans. Maybe, but his whole family was racist, so, yeah. And um, it's just a very interesting, all these books, I didn't even mean to talk about this, Brad, you know, but all these books, man, I don't know what the problem You're is. You're tangent, man. Why is there, I am tangent, man. I gotta talk get about everything, anything. Why are these, why are these many Americans still stuck on this guy? He, he's already like basically convicted by uh, Engeron. He's just worried about how many how much money he's going to charge him. You know, it's just the first case, and he couldn't make it through that. Anybody else? You asked me that. Say, well, what, what 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 if that was Todd in the courtroom? No one. You can't. You cannot act this way. No no other American will be able to get away with what he's getting away with right now. He should have been detained a while ago, and no internet. He's a menace. You're not wrong. Well, well then why don't they just, I, have, I mean, I'm serious. This, this shit is serious now. People are being threatened. And it's, it's obvious. He's did, you, not did, you watch Je, did you watch Jehoshaphat this morning? I perused it. Did you catch uh, Chris Christie? Mm-hmm. Did you hear what he said about the D.C. trial? Yep. Oh, he, uh, it's something, familiar, it's, it's something like, oh, he's toast. He, Stick a he fork him and turn him over because he is done. He's done. He won't make it past that trial. Uh, and he won't. And, and, and the New York thing is hanging over him because of what it's going to do to his, his quote-unquote assets. But yeah, he's dead to rights in the D.C. trial. These people, they, and like he's, you know, come on, his right hand man, all right. And he, you know, it, this is what I was saying like some weeks ago. When it gets down close to it, you know, your attorneys, if you're if you're one of these uh, little peripheral people, ancillary people, they're going to say to you, "Well, are you ready to do this time? Because you know, there's a whole lot of evidence out here. You've waited so long now, you may not get the deal you wanted." But now's the last chance. And Mark Meadows, remember he was running in and out of the Dirksen building or one of those buildings near the Capitol to give his, his depositions. And he was upset. He didn't want to talk to anybody. So everyone is telling on him, you know, uh, and it's got a way on him. What the fuck is he doing up at 2 o'clock on Thanksgiving? Well, that's why I asked the question, and I did. Was that a scheduled tripe, or was that was he up at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning triping? His, his timing was off a little bit. I mean, seriously, at two o'clock in the morning Thanksgiving. First of all, if you're not having sex, you should be asleep after all that food and drinking all night. Your ass should be asleep if you're not. Wow, you remember know. he doesn't. No, he doesn't drink. He, you know, does. <laughs> You know, uh, the, 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 the transcontinental railroad version of rails of Adderall. Rails of Adderall. 
I really believe I'm serious, and and Lee, I, I, back to all right. Tangent man is going to try to bring. Well, wait, 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 but okay, hang on to your tangent, okay? Because okay. I'm gonna, I'm going to try not to uh, um, sidetrack it. Okay. But uh, did you hear the news out of Georgia today? No, I did not. Uh, Fonny Willis's team said, "Nah, no." Nah. We are not going to offer any plea deals to either Nitwit Nero or Rudy Giuliani or Mark Meadows. Damn, really? Everybody else can have one if they want one. Oh, she is mean. Holy shit. She ain't no joke. She knew what she was doing. And I'm looking for the story, but uh, it's, it's a little odd. Mm-hmm. But um, John Eastman mm-hmm. has uh, made a somewhat odd request, begging, begging for uh, uh, for the judge in Fulton County to pretty please with sugar on it. Try him separately from everybody else. What? You can't. No, no, no. No, that's. No. You can't do that because then the case. In other words, the case against Trump will be out in the open. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to have to use that tranche of evidence to, to, to prosecute Meadows. Therefore, uh, yeah, that's why. That's probably why Fonnie Williams wants everybody together. I would think. Well, what she's what she's looking to do is eventually try those three. That's all. She wants pleas out of everybody else. Right. And I, make I, them I, there's, a, there's a, right? de- there's, a decent, there's a decent there's a decent chance she gets that. And Eastman's been out there uh, grunting about uh, how the legal bills are piling up, and he's trying not to deplete his wife's retirement. Oh, you manly man. Uh-oh. So, in other words, he'll be there Monday morning. It's coming Monday morning. He'll be ready to give a deposition. Yeah, so all these people are going to be deposed, and they're going to like, oh, I'm done. I'm, I see this is, this, is, this is not worth it anymore. I'm done. I'm out. This is what I did. This is what Trump did. It's, it's too much. This is damning. He's de- Listen, only one of these, one of these big cases, because think about the crazy woman. Now, she, she told everything. Uh, you talking about, wait, wait, wait. Uh, that, uh, whoever that defendant is, you have just under-described them. Are you talking about Jenna Ellis, or are you talking about uh, Squidney Powell, the Kraken lawyer? The, the more for the two, exactly, because they were so they were so adamant. You got to remember when they when it, when the jury, if if the if the prosecution is smart, they will play play video of these defendants pre. Uh, contriteness and post contriteness in other words before they fess up and after they fess up because before they fessed up they were all in they were like oh no this has been fraud and we have to take care of this and america is at stake and then she was like oh yeah he did that oh i broke yes i, I tampered with the machine yep yep yeah she- definitely tampering definitely of course this is not my <laughs> underwear <laughs> A rain man shit yo this, this is not... I don't Tamper think slow on the driveway. 
Sorry. You know what, Robin? I, do you think this is going to be a screenplay at some point? Oh fuck! No, this is this this is this is going to be a trilogy or something. A quadrilogy, you know, one movie per trial. What? Oh, how about that? That yeah, that's a way to look at it. That'd be a box set. We, you know, it might be like watching, uh, if any, you know, this is, we did this one. And night. after he runs, uh, anyway, after he runs off to live, live in Russia, there'll be a defector's cut. Ah. Defect. <laughs> Un- unknown to the American audience. I'm so, oh. I'm so ashamed. That's funny. Defector's cut. Ah. That was, yeah, that was good. And, and, uh, Brother Deacon was just. I don't know. He, he, I don't know how everybody missed that. He was on top of it. Comer Pyle? Uh, no, that was no, yeah, that was, yeah. That was pro. I, I, I don't expect less from from the Deacon though. Oh, but all right, Tangy Man. The movies. You know what? It, if you anybody can, if you if you could have a party and watch the post, um, um, uh, Gaslit, and the Plumbers. You see, that that's some shit right there. Those three movies back to back to back, you get to see things from different perspectives. That's some shit. But the plumbers, oh man, that's yeah, Woody. If we were alive, you remember my father would be like, That guy's crazy. He's like, Oh my god, he's crazy. I can remember my father saying that shit to the TV. He's crazy. He's crazy. Do you remember Ehrlichman? Ehrlichman, oh. Ehrlichman was like, what? No, Haldeman, Ehrlichman, it, it just, you know, gang of thugs. Gang of thugs. Ehrlichman was like the muscle man. He looked like some kind of hitman and shit. But, uh, wow. Okay, so back to Christie. Yeah, uh, he nailed it. And he was trying to be as composed as possible, it appeared to me. I did catch that. Um. But see, and and he's he's smart. He's smart enough to know that Trump's not going to. This is going to be a void. This is going to be a vacuum. Because I, if the court, the court has to do with it. The law is either we're going to have the law or not. You know. Yeah. Well, did and, you know? Did you notice today that uh, the Koch brothers organization, and presumably including the dead one, uh, have decided <laughs> have desi- decided to uh, endorse. Uh, the princess from Bonomo, Nimrata Haley, mm-hmm. uh, for the Republican nomination. Well, that's smart. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm sure Casey DeSantis is just slapping, uh, slapping little monkey up all over the governor's mansion. You, you fuck that up again, goddamn! <laughs> I saw, you know it too. I saw. You promised saw, me a new boat. I saw the yeah. clip. I saw the clip from Family Guy today of Lois when she comes home from prison. She's all jacked. And Peter's sister, you know, are you going to stay jacked like this? And she said, I don't know. I kind of enjoy it. Said, well, I, I'm glad to have you home, too, but I didn't like it when you made me when you made me suck the hair dryer. <laughs> and the next thing you know, the news breaks. That that the Koch brothers have endorsed Nikki Haley. <laughs> I immediately thought of God. No, no. 
And I immediately you thought, I immediately thought, of Ca- I immediately thought of Casey DeClanis saying, "All right, hands on the headboard, Chief." <laughs> I'm so. Sh- you know, he's probably a, what, what do you call? It? He's probably a cuck because he's so like he. You know what? Everybody got sick of his whining. He just, you know, he was a flesh. He he started out okay, I guess, for if that's what you like. But uh, the whining thing, whining, a grown nobody likes to hear a grown man. And whine. and of course, that's the Koch brothers also blew off Nitwit Nero himself. Oh, of course, what? But see, they got what they wanted out of him. They still they still got that twenty percent raise. They got that tax cut that they wanted out of him. So and Supreme Court justices they want. So he's like a useless, uh, he's useless. He's bu- useless bolus. They chewed him up. All the flavor's gone, you know, spit it out. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I really, I really hope that he has a, an easy demise. Maybe I think he's going to have a stroke though. The, the mainly a fascist. And you know, have you noticed now everybody's talking about the fascist? How long, how many years have we been saying this? Eons, but they're, they're catching up. You got you got to give them credit. <laughs> They're catching up. They're a little slow, but yeah. Oh boy! Uh, and God, is, uh, I mean, just just my life. But earlier today, I fired up MSNBC again, and it was like, oh, Mrs. Greenspan. Never mind. Click. Mm-hmm. She's unwatchable. Somebody ought to tell her that, that um, she has to at least present being um, impartial a little bit sometimes. It, and it's funny you brought that up because, um, you know, I've always jumped around. Like I listen to, I, I monitor Fox, but but BBC and Al Jazeera and Democracy Now. I haven't seen that lately, but they have been informative. I don't know if they're all online now or not. But uh, BBC and Al Jazeera, wow, they have a whole different take. I mean, they show things that, that if you're not watching, you wouldn't know. And even reading the press, you have to read Al Haaretz, you know, um, read different newspapers. Read the local paper. If something happens, an incident happens in America, read read that local paper if you can. Um, like, the, I think it's the Star Tribune and... In Minnesota, Minneapolis, they were great during the George Floyd saga. Um, just food for thought. Because, and, and, you know, we need to be more literate in the decisions we make in terms of politics. Because, I mean, literally, this, this man has told us the snake story. He told us on, on numerous occasions. He said, you knew I was a snake. I'm not making this up. No. No, you're not. So, I, I mean, our friends and family who are still on board with this, this mentally ill fascist, you know, we have to explain it. They'll be talking about the economy and everything but what really matters. Like, none of that matters if we don't have any rules. None of it. Complete agreement. You know, because they're coming for you next. Anybody, they're coming for you next. You know, you like you like brown shoes. Oh, we're coming for you. You like, you know, whatever. Just pick something. You know, uh, I 
Mm-hmm. Well, uh, on a different note, I'm just curious because it got cold here. How is how cold is it where you are? Um, let's let's just say the brass bra is back in the drawer. Uh, kidding. <laughs> it, it's it's awful. Uh, this time of year, yeah, we got down to like 19, 18 last night, and Damn. it's been a struggle to get the house warm all day long. I bet. I bet the wind is the wind out because it's windy here. Oh, oh, without it, yeah, the wind's been howling, and that's the big, biggest problem. I mean, I can literally feel the wind inside my bedroom. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I uh, I just. Cut, had a tree cut down. I've been burning up that good oak wood, and I hate I'm burning it to heat, but because that's good cook, you know, cooking wood. But um, so are are your neighbors still doing the coal thing? Uh, they haven't so far, but I expect it any day now. <clears throat> but the wind's been coming <laughs> from a, from a direction such that if they are, uh, it's being blown away from me. Well, that's good, because that, that's a nuisance. You know, that's a real nuisance. Well, uh, so anyway, I don't want to dominate, um, you know. Oh, just, you, no, you're, want, you're not, because I, I've got something here. I'm looking for it, um, because I want to I want to I want to run the clip. Um. Yeah, there it is. You might recall Elisa Farrah Griffin actually worked in the Nitwit Nero White House, and now she's one of the and now she's one of the hosts on The View. Mm. And I bring this up because this is another one of those cases of well, they're they're, they're finally catching up with us. Um, you know, Jehoshaphat and Mika have just been merciless on Tangerine Tiberius of late, talking about how his mind is going. And it apparently is preying on him enough that he actually triped on Tripe Social about it. Had that yesterday. I was being sarcastic. Right. And, of course, you're the author of the, you know, he ain't going to make it. And we've been talking. We've been talking about you know what you know what the over under is on the number of days it is before he starts taking his clothes off in court and playing with himself, or shows up in a wheelchair with the plaid blanket and you know dribbling uh, drooling oatmeal down onto his uh, too long red polyester necktie. <laughs> and 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 so you know over at the View, they ca- they've caught up too, and Elisa Farah Griffin. Yeah, and my question for her is, lady, if you if you knew this then, why did you keep working for him? Is that fair? Do you think to ask it's that? Very. Yes, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I can think of some more people, but I want to hear this clip when you play it. Yeah, it is fair. It's more than fair. <laughs> you know, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. I'm wondering if you know who is a couple of steps slower on the campaign trail after a string of, how shall I say, mm, 
mental lapses. Okay. Being confused about who actually is currently serving as president right now. He's saying he's doing it on purpose, but we would like you all to judge for yourselves. Please show the clip. They're leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. The worst president in the history of our country who is cognitively impaired. We would be in World War II very quickly if we're going to be relying on this man. It's all coming through Iran and Obama wants to, he doesn't want to talk about it. Well, you mean President Biden. So, uh, uh, but right no, now. I also mean Obama. What do you mean? I mean Obama and Biden, but I, I, Obama is Biden's boss, in case you didn't really know that. A very big hello to a place where we've done very well, Sioux Falls. Thank you very much, Sioux Falls. And So, Sioux City, let me ask you. Hello, Cleveland. That last one really offends me. Because <laughs> you're from Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. yeah. So, what is happening? I mean, this is not new. I mean, we remember at one point he talked about Frederick Douglass still being alive. Yes. Yes. And, you know, uh, it's a little, I mean, What's happening? Is it is it he's doing this on purpose or is he just, you know, mixed up? Well, I'm going to go to the expert because I don't I, I can't tell. I just want to give a shout out to my pr producer who wrote is Trump DeLulu is the, the subject line for this. Listen, he has lost his speed on his fastball or whatever botched baseball metaphor. You can watch him. He is not as sharp as he was in 2016. And many of us would argue he wasn't even that sharp then. Um, you see a real decline in him. It, it is a fact that he get, that you can't get past. But what is remarkable to me is this. Our country is so polarized that Trump supporters see that and they don't think a thing about it. They, it doesn't really affect them. He's my tough guy. He's my fighter. But they see any gaffe of Joe Biden's and Joe Biden is aging. He's yeah, too that's old. Right. And it's, it's this sort of Rorschach test of where the country is. This was stunning to me. There's a CNN poll and granted we don't trust all the polls, but from November that said 53% of America's, Americans believe Trump had the stamina and sharpness compared to only 25 for Joe Biden. There are only three and a half years apart. Um, and one I saw, rides a bike and one eats cheeseburgers. Well, the, and listen, I think that there is, I think that you guys know my take that I think I'd like to see younger generations running anyway. I'd like to see somebody other than this head-to-head -head matchup that seven in 10 Americans don't watch. But if you're going to call out one for the gaffes, Joe Biden's had plenty of them, you got to call out Trump too. There's no strategy there. He's just slowing down. I, I think he's slowing down. Um, his doctor, who is, is not a medical doctor, but a DO, a doctor of osteopathy, medicine there is a difference between the two uh, said that he is in great shape right wow. is this the lady that <laughs> I think no, it's, it's a man it's a guy, it's a guy. Oh, okay. um, his name <laughs> is uh, dr. Bruce Aaronwald okay. Dio okay um, he also said but he did not include the following information his height his weight his cholesterol level, which he or lied his blood about pressure, in his mugshot, which he lied about <laughs> yeah. in his mugshot, and so I, I agree, we're seeing a cognitive decline, but we're also seeing some dog whistles from him. The reason when he makes these cognitive mistakes, because really? they're they're indicia of, of so cognitive decline. So you think decline, they're purposeful? Well, 
I think he's mixing them all in. Mm -hmm. I think he's having the cognitive decline. And then when he catches himself making mistakes, he says, well, you know, because Obama is really Biden's boss. That is a dog whistle to the white supremacists That's in right. the country That's that are right. like, I don't want a black man in charge again. Well, That's it's what's too happening. Late. You can't undo that. Yeah, but, but it already happened. Deal with so, it. So that no, is kind of crafty. I agree with that. I think he appeals to that racist section of his yes. base that doesn't want a black guy to get any kind of credit. You know, he made his bones on the birth of BS. Yeah. Right, you know, and so when and also he's been talking a lot about Obamacare, getting rid of Obamacare lately. All of a sudden, this is coming up. So I agree with Which you. Which there are more white people on the but Affordable Care Act than black people. But regarding his health, if I paid a doctor, they could tell me I'm 20, I look 25. <laughs> I mean, you can find a doctor if you pay them to say anything about you. I'm, I don't trust these doctors. Well, I believe it's a dog whistle, but I also believe he that specific reference might be to kind of emasculate President Biden. Because remember how people called him President Bannon? Because... We thought Steve Bannon was running the White House. Mm -hmm. I could see him trying to do one or the other. Well, who, President Bannon? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. When oh, he was were? in office, we oh. talked about, like, oh, some yes. people, including myself, felt Bannon was running a lot That's of right. things. So right. I could see him trying to move that switcheroo. But when we talk about a decline, you'd imply that they knew in the first place. It would not surprise me if Donald Trump did not know we had World War II. He's not exactly a military guy, and I, I don't even mean this insulting. When you've skated through your life with no accountability, and you have money, and you have power, maybe it doesn't matter how you test on your history test. I don't know if he knows. There's, he doesn't even know he lost an election. Like, are we really like... Oh, he knows. He knows. He knows. I say one thing here, though, is... Listen, if we're going to trust the polls, I don't trust na trust national ones. I do trust battleground polls because they're smaller and it's actually testing people who are going to come out and vote. And in five of the six major battleground states, Trump is beating Joe Biden. I worry that Democrats are running into what they ran into with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, where they loved her so much they want her to stay on the court for as long as she could. What happened? You guys ended up having Roe v. Wade overturned because she didn't step aside. I think that you guys are risking losing to Trump. I'm fighting in the primary for him you to not what? be the nominee. Anything is possible. Every time we say this, I'm going to come out and say, it is not up to us. We don't have anything to do with how you vote. This is all up to y'all. And quite honestly, you know, as long as Joe is doing his job and people decide that they want to go backwards, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. You get the country you deserve when you vote for the wrong people. Yeah, but we're getting that, too. I yeah, see, well, I, this is, I can't tolerate well, that. Well, you got, well, there are lots of places so why, to go. Why is it you only know? the two, I guess, is what I'm having such well, a hard time Because it's too late to go any other direction. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, well, that's that, the problem. And the door yeah. is closing there. Yeah, but the door I, is, look, a lot of Democratic oh, wait, the door is actually shut. The door, yeah. We'll be right back. So... Within all of that, and, and uh, Todd, I know you know how I feel about the uh, the business about that battleground poll. It was dummied up, fudged up, faked up, rubed up, ginned up. Yeah. yeah. But what Elisa Farrah Griffin says, that, that one takeaway, he wasn't even that sharp then. In other words, this is a woman who worked in the, in the, in the nitwit Nero White House saying, he's a dipshit now. And he was a dipshit then. And that's the point. How, you know, for how long uh, have we quoted whomever it was who said, Donald Trump is what a dumb person thinks a smart person sounds like? Do you, do you hit, that's a cowbell, please. Please. 
Oh, by the way, uh, Billable Rick did award me a cowbell earlier for uh, Defector's Cut. Good. Yeah. Got, all right. That wasn't big enough, but okay. Uh, right. I mean, she uh, it distills it down. That, that's exactly what it is. And see, he, he is not going to how do I say this? The more he feels wounded, he's feeling very wounded right now because he's caught now with his pants down. People, he's been exposed. You know, usually he's on top. But now people see his finances. He had to give up his taxes. People, he knows his his attorneys have to be telling him. People have told on you. People, it's over. It's over. I mean, if they these people have gotten on pub, on television and said, in other words, the conspirators who have fessed up now, the state state witnesses like Mark Meadows and Ellis and Sidney Powell, and we haven't heard from uh, the, the wild card, Boris Epstein, he's coming. I hadn't forgotten about him. They might spirit him out of the country because I think he's a straight spy. But um, you know, these folks have already submitted these things in, in deposition. So what will, what what can his defense be? Well, he because, doesn't he doesn't right? have he doesn't have one. The his lawyers in DC got caught in there and again if they just if they weren't just so entirely awful, you know, like counsel for the parking garage. Uh, you'd almost have some sympathy for them, Todd. But uh, they got caught, a motion in in the D.C. case asking for, basically, the double secret probation evidence that the January 6th committee didn't turn over. And Judge Chutkin, to her credit, said, what? No. There is no such thing. You have not demonstrated any evidentiary basis for such evidence even existing. That's a delay tactic. That's all it is. Well, it's it's more than that, Todd. It's 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 his lawyers realizing hey, what realizing what a what a tiger trap they're in, and having to do their clients bidding and and because you know as a lawyer. You don't necessarily get to do what's best for your client. You do what your client wants, and you desperately try to convince them that you know what's right. But when they are when they are a hot, paranoid mess, and their mind is turning to oatmeal, that's when your attorney leaves you. What I'm saying, they're asking. In other words, he's asking his attorneys to do something that is untoward. You can't. That's that's not. You can't right. and, and see now that part is a delay tactic. I fully expect that when we get near to trial, at some point there'll be there'll be a moment in the hearing, and his lawyer will request a, a, an off the record conference sidebar and say. <laughs> And say, uh, Your Honor, I, I would like to have leave to withdraw as counsel in this case. I can no longer, yeah. eth- I can no longer ethically represent my client. 
and then Judge Chutkin's going to have it because that will that would that would put the that would put the case dead in its tracks if she allows the lawyer to withdraw. On the other hand, if she compels the lawyer to go forward, then theoretically the lawyer would be probably crossing beyond the bounds of ethical conduct. And that'll be a mess. And it will be done for purposes of harassment and delay. Can we put a little a little bookmark one of those little nice uh, stickies, the expensive ones that had little arrows on them, real quick? Yes. If yes. you can remember, try to remember where you are, because I don't know if this is hackneyed or not, but it it appears to me at almost every turn, morally and legally, this this mentally ill fascist is stretching the bounds of what uh, how this country is held together and. It, uh, in, in terms of even human beings and, and, and operating in a civil society. He, every time you turn around, he's stretching something. Just just do what the fuck you're supposed to do. You see, he's got this whole country and the whole world in knots because he's acting like what he is. And this is exactly why people said he was unfit from the beginning and his little maggot people say, well, they ain't like him. They wouldn't let him get started. That's exactly this is exactly why we're in this position. Don't you get it, you fucking fools? We're yeah. having to waste all this time and money because you just couldn't stand the hell that if a black guy was in there. And now look, you got a fucking white trash with a couple of bucks. Criminal white trash. Ugh. I, I understand. I, I, I absolutely do. Um, and no white trash. Because, you know... But I, 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 that, that, that... Yeah, no. I, I got to thinking about what happens if he... If the lawyers do try to bail at the last minute. Now, Alina Habana Habana Habana, counsel for the parking garage, is never going to do that because she's auditioning to be Mrs. Trump number four. You know, uh, historically, who, who was who was the lucky winner? Uh, uh, Catherine Parr was Henry VIII's wife when Henry VIII croaked, and I think I think uh, counsel for the parking garage would like to be Mrs. Trump number four when he uh, goes to his just rewards. Doesn't she look like a, a, a gold digger? She looks like melanoma 2.0, you know, without the Transylvanian accent. She's like, this is the right time for me to get in on this train. He's on his way out. He's going to definitely, she... Mm. She probably knows where he's hiding the money, right? By the way, yep. couple, I had two consecutive emails from different people that both had the same subject line. Todd is right. Uh, Steve writes, I had, and this is as to media, I had a discussion with my dad about the fact that Israel built the tunnels under the hospital that the IDF claims Hamas used. He asked me the source. I told him it was former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak who said this on TV. My dad looked it up and saw the video clip. His response, why haven't we heard this anywhere? 
because I think it's inconvenient to the narrative. But, yeah, it, I mean, American media are doing a horrid job. It's, it's yeah, night covering, and day. Covering, this nightmare, uh, covering this nightmare conflict. Because um, there's, no there's, there's, there's no right way to cover it. The next email I got three minutes later was from Clarence. Also, subject line, Todd is right. I'm baffled about why Trump's behavior is not put in check. He should not be campaigning for president. Where I come from, if you have an open criminal case, you can't apply for a job, house, or car. Your life's in limbo while you wait for the outcome. It would never cross your mind to talk shit about the judge, prosecutor, or anyone in the chain of legal folks dealing with your case. Lockdown would happen immediately. Trump, and this is the truth, Trump is saturated with white privilege. Yes. Hey, Clarence. Clarence, you're right, Clarence. That's 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 interesting. Thank man. I don't even know what to say. That's just weird. I guess maybe there's. I don't know. It's something to it, maybe. What what is wrong with what is wrong with seventy some odd million people? You tell me, we'll both know. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it may it, it may not be as inscrutable as that. It might just be a matter of uh, there are tens of millions of Americans who get off on his brand of paranoia and hate. Well, you know what? Can, can we talk about this for just a couple of minutes, maybe, if you, if you have a couple of minutes? You take all the time you want. Because you, you, okay, could, I'm, I'm just saying, something seems like people, it's how we always end up talking about history. Well, I mean, I'm, kind I'm of because to... I'm a nerd that way. We haven't gone to, we haven't gone to ancient Rome yet, but there's, there's 45 minutes left in the program. What, what, okay, because this thing, I think, I think maybe a lot of us have forgotten, especially young people. We this country's really always been anti-Semitic. Like we, you know, think about especially, especially when we were really powerful. Uh, at the end of the Gilded Age, so 1880 through 1900, you know, people, you know, Westinghouse and Rockefeller and Carnegie, you know, money was flowing, everything was flowing for a while. And then the Klan was at its height in the 20s, and he had the Red Summer of 1920. And Lindbergh, you know, because the Klan, remember, they didn't want no Jews, no blacks. Uh, they were like the Christian right no now. Like, no Catholics? Nope. Right. Now, the Catholic thing, I don't know how that, that's gone awry at this point, but, but that was a kind of theme also. But now we have a lot of Catholics. Uh, Supreme Court justices, and it's funny how Scalia died, but that's a whole other issue because I could never figure that out. But you know, this this is the point I'm trying to get to, and I'm going to say I'm going to be succinct because I mean this is a big subject. But in fact, this is who America, this is who we are. We we do a good job at keeping it together most times, but America is a racist, violent. A lot of times, nasty place, and and now we're at the point where folks are asking us to rewrite history because it makes they feel like it makes their kids uncomfortable, 
and it's just the truth. And, and, you know, history has, I think, instructed us that we do a disservice by just not telling the truth and explaining what happened. Because it makes me think, like, what's going on in, in between Hamas and Israel right now and how the Palestinians are being treated? It reminds me, because, in fact, to me, that is genocide. I mean, it, it is. It, it's collective punishment. I don't care what the, the state, na- the nation state says. That is collective punishment. If you look at those buildings, what are those people supposed to go back to? But that's, that's another tangent. Um. You know, we're, we're, we're in a different place now. We're, we're in a different place. And we have, we have to understand that this is who we are. So knowing that, are, is this what we're going to get? Because people, people will vote. People will vote. And I, I lost my train of thought a little bit. I'll be honest with you. When I started thinking about all those people vaporized in Gaza. Because when you see that dust, that fine dust, that's, that means that things got vaporized. also means illness and disease and death. And those are ultra-fine particulates in there. Oh, you, you know a little bit about that, don't you? Little. So, so yeah, so, you know, we have, I think, I don't know how we can heal, but the first thing is to, oh, I know what I wanted to say. Yeah. Okay. I got back on track because when I said history would, would uh, indicate to us the, the genocide that happened between Armenia and Turkey. Now they miseducated their young people for years. And when the young people found out they were pissed off that they had been lied to. And it appears to me the state, the nation state of Israel is trying to rewrite history. Because I was so, I was shocked when I found out how many people were unaware of even just before 1948. What, what was, you know, how these things transpired, how we got where we are. Because every time you hear settlement, it used to be on the media, in the media, they would say illegal settlement. Because that's what it is. That's why it's settlement. Yes. That, That was a Palestinian village. People lived there. And and some of these structures are still up. Now, some of them are still up, which is crazy. Like, some people can look at where they used to live. But most of them have built those. But, um, and it got me thinking. You know, the, the, the night, the wonderful Burning Man Festival, and I would have loved to have been there. That Burning Man that they had, that all those young people were massacred. It's, it's terrible. Uh, but if you look at that topography, to me, that looked like a burial site. That's how burial, old burial sites were. There's the edge. There, there was like a tree edge there. I mean, you know, we don't know. We don't, we don't know. Someone's going to do the research and find out what was there at that particular settlement, because an illegal settlement. And and we had to remember that. And I don't know why it got dropped, but that's that's a crux of the problem. I, I mean, that's a good starting point. If, if people stop stealing land, that's a good starting point. Maybe, maybe others won't be so irritated. Does that make any sense? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, oh, I, I do. Ha- I do have a few other things to uh, run around and, and and play with. I don't know if you're. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, someone over on Instagram, and of course, you know the uh, 
the uh, a, a lie goes around the world before the, the truth gets its uh, shoes on. <laughs> but somebody on Instagram posted video of Joe Biden talking about uh, talking about fentanyl negotiations with China and deliberately slowed down uh, the audio to make him sound uh, compromised. Mm. And uh, you won't be able to hear it because you're on the same on the same uh, uh, machine, but I think everybody else will. Will be curbed substantially, and the pill presses. That's a big, big moment. They're doing uh, and and the thing says, "Holy shit! Get this doofus away from all microphones." It's, oh, great! Uh, it's it's completely fraudulent. It's like. But I was immediately reminded of something because I had a little bit of fun way back during the reign of error. There was a there was an event where where uh, Dim Leader went to Cleveland and was talking about well you know how it was with George W. He would he he said he said stupid things almost constantly. But I heard one, I, I clipped out one of these clips and uh, and and applied a little bit of uh, malarkey shenanigans to it and made him sound and made him sound drunk. And I still have the clip and I went and found it because when I heard that it's like, oh, I know what he did. And because I had done it before, but I didn't put it out there as being the truth. This was just some. Right. Uh, this was d- just some clowning around on the air. So we had this. I met I met an onion grower no today at the airport when I arrived, and he said, "You got to help me find people that'll pull onions, pluck them, or whatever you do with them." You know. I mean, it's 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 not hard to do. Um, if you were on the other device, you would have. But uh, I trust everybody else heard it. That, that's low-level stuff. We used to do that in high school. You know, prank callers like crank. I mean, it, that's low-level. Yeah, you, you you yeah, is your refrigerator running? You better catch it. <laughs> got Prince Albert in a can? Better let him out. He might smother. <laughs> but that's the other part. Man, I, you know, uh, and, and thank you. And you know what? I'm glad... Uh, I'm glad you brought that up about, because that, that makes me think about the artificial intelligence that we're going to have to deal with. But, you know, um, all this talk, and I know we want to get off this subject, but, you know, to see those hostages, the ones that have come home, uh, that I remember one, one boy, he just struck me. I think it was a girl boy. And the look on his face when, um, when he was being released. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, terrorism is terrible because all those people are not, you know, a lot of those folks are already dead. This is face facts. And it's going to get ugly because, you know, is 
it, you know, there's no, there will be no more guys. We can forget about that. That's going to be a resort. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be kibbutzes and and resorts. I don't know, maybe a casino or two, and eventually they'll do yeah. whatever. Um, whatever happened to the Palestinians? What Palestinians? Exactly. Pal of what? Never heard of. Yeah, you but I have a casino. Would you like to gamble? You know, I have I gamble rides. Honestly, I don't know if Israel has casinos. I don't either. Because both of those Abrahamic religions forbid, and nominally so too does Christianity. They all forbid gambling. And you know, whatever, right? Yeah, somebody will have a ship like just off, just far enough off the coast. Okay. But yeah, it'll be different, is what I'm saying. Because there's no way they have it's uh it's it's done as rubble. I mean, I mean, just bomb it some more, and then all you can do is bring in the tampers and pour some concrete. Hey, nice foundation. Hey, all that rebar. Good grief, that's probably nice. Shoot. But um, yeah, so back to what you yeah the the AI. Uh, you know oh, uh, change it man. Wait, let me let me bounce something off for you please. I, I personally I'm going to stop saying GOP because in, a lot of people my, a lot yeah, of people a lot of people say GQP. G, what does that mean? You know the Grand QAnon Party. Grant, okay, I can see that. I can see that. I was, I was thinking, uh, FRP, former Republican Party. But uh, they are QAnon. I, I and and I just couldn't believe. Does Comer understand how he how he appears? He's a buffoon. To us. To us, to the people who, you know, to the people who mouth walk and knuckle breathe, genius. <laughs> There's smoke there. I'm, it's gonna be something because there's some smoke there. Uh. I don't know what's going to become of us. I just don't know. I'm still getting over those two. How, how in the world could you get the two same subject lines? That's crazy. I know, isn't it? Well, it's it's the it's the horn hive mind. Yeah, there, there's something to that. Same same that. same subject line, two different topics. Uh Time and yeah, that's well, Robin. I, you know, I've enjoyed our conversation. Um, I have to return some calls. Um, and everyone knows you're doing a great job, and um, the Horn family is amazing. And uh, you know, we, we just have to stick together and try to get through this and help you know, help people. It's like, oh my goodness, yo. Have, people are in pain. Have you noticed how people are driving? Yeah. We had we had snow on the ground in parts of West Virginia today, and traffic was an absolutely absolute disaster 
uh, especially all over northern West Virginia. And we're we're usually better in bad weather than that. Is, is this your first dusting? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and uh, the 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 beautiful golden retriever was like, what? Huh? <laughs> mm. Hey, speaking of golden retriever, have you seen the Hatfield and McCoys? Uh, uh, how do you mean? I don't know. There's some kind of series on Paramount with Kevin Costner. Oh, it's called the Hatfield. Is is that old? Yeah, that's old. I don't know. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think that is old. I've never seen it. It's new to me. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. It was different. Yeah, I was like, Kevin, I have no idea. Yeah, I was like, he looks older. He's older than that. Yeah, okay. Well, that's silly me. Yes, but they're rehashing stuff. I don't know. There's, there's so much crap out here. Um. Anyway, well, I hope you enjoy your evening, and I'm going well, to talk so to you later. Gonna, did you have a good Thanksgiving? Did you have delicious food? Oh, we did. You know, um, did you get the pictures I sent you? Um, no. Where did, did you send them to email? I think I te- – no, I didn't. Uh, so that's probably why I didn't get them. Um, but I will tell you this. I, uh, one, one of the things – I have been wanting to do this for a while. I'm glad you brought this up. And I'll, I'll send the pictures to your email and you'll see what I'm talking about. So, you know, you have your Dutch oven, and I have a whole – like a hedge of rosemary, literally a hedge. So I was able to put enough rosemary to spatch cop a chicken. Aha! And lay it on there. You know, dry I, I saw I saw a recipe today that I've got to try. Mm-hmm. You go to your local Wigland Pig or whoever sells rotisserie chickens. Mm-hmm. And you get your rotisserie chicken, and you very carefully peel the skin off of it. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, because it's all crispy and wonderful, the rotisserie stuff. And you mm-hmm. lay it out, lay it out flat, outside down, on a piece of, uh, on a, on a piece of like plastic wrap, and one of those little bamboo sushi mats underneath. Mm-hmm. You lay the chicken skin out, then you put on a layer of dressing, a layer of mashed potatoes, a layer of of uh, chicken, and a layer of cranberry sauce, and you roll it up. Mm. And you cut it in chunks like a like a maki, and oh, then shit. you get your you get your chopsticks and you dip it in gravy, and you've got <laughs> chicken. You got or you can do it with your turkey. You do it with uh, turkey and dressing rolls. And Everything it's, it's is like, right there. I am Everything. so making this. You could do a lot with that. Everything is there. It could turn that into a wrap. It is oh, a wrap. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a it's like a, a maki roll at a sushi joint. Only it's turkey and dressing. That's amazing. It, you know what? If I were a trucker, OTR, that's what I would be eating. Right? You know, you could eat that and, and still make your time. Oh, next next that time, next time, pretty- next time we have, if there's some like wintertime little you know bring a dish kind of thing, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll make that. And, and you know the funny thing about the cranberry sauce, because uh, I'm I'm known to put dried cranberries, uh, you know, chopped up a little bit, on a sandwich. You know, you smoke turkey with cheese, or whatever. Put some cranberries on there. Put it on the wet part where the mayo is. 
it will change your life. Because it, it's like you get that sweet, the contrast with the sweet and the salty out of nowhere. I see cranberry and meat and that stuff. And oh, there's a reason. It, it goes together. Mmm, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 the the recipe I used for the turkey, I did I did I'd never done it before, and that found the recipe. I did crock pot turkey. Hmm. Did you did the whole turkey? Did you cut it? No, oh. I just got a breast. The crock pot's way too small for a whole turkey, but uh, right. got, a, got a three and a half pound turkey breast. Mm-hmm. Uh, thawed it and patted it dry, and covered it in. Uh, uh, that Montreal chicken seasoning. Yeah. Set and and put like a, salt and peppercorns and. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that stuff is wonderful. The Montreal steak I love, but but the Montreal chicken is everybody's good. So I covered it in the Montreal chicken seasoning. And okay. the recipe said to use like three quarters of a cup of orange juice. Poured that in to the crock mm. pot and uh, stirred in. One package of of uh, onion soup mix, like you use for the dip. I knew it. I was going to bring it up. I so was like, started, that has, you got to do yeah. that. And then set the set the turkey breast in, and dumped in an entire can of whole berry cranberry sauce. Oh shit! And put it on low. It was ready in four hours. It was tender. It was juicy. It was amazingly flavorful. And any time that I get a hankering for turkey, I'm doing it that way from now on. Because the neat thing, and I, had forgot, I didn't re- fully, house. I didn't fully realize it, but I'm kind of fond of the dark meat too on a turkey. Uh oh. And Miscegenate. the, the right. <laughs> did you say miscegenation? <laughs> you bad man. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> meat mixing. Uh, <laughs> but on a turkey breast, there's a little bit of dark meat on there too. <laughs> you people. Yeah, I just you people. I just you people do. You. <laughs> no, I'm paying attention to what you're saying. That, that, you're right. That, you know what? I'm going to do that because uh, sometimes you have to have food ready. You can leave the house. Yeah. Right? You can leave the yeah. house. That sounds. Hmm. And there was plenty of bird on. I mean, there was plenty of meat on there. I mean, we we ate on it for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. I mean, there wasn't enough for my beloved turkey carcass soup. But there was also also didn't have a house full of house full of people to eat the turkey carcass soup. But you know, it's hard to go wrong with a turkey and um, and the bones. They make good soup. Then the souffle over here, we had the, the sweet potato souffle, and every time of this year, it gets me back on my yams and my sweet potatoes because, oh boy, it's hard to beat that. I found I found great big Baker white sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were so good. And years and years ago, years ago, our dear friend Bob Lottie, who passed away some time back, um, sent me a recipe for white sweet potato pie. Mm. And it had cream and sweetened condensed milk in it, and you, you know, you bake the, you can just microwave the white sweet potatoes and scoop them out and mash it and make a mash and put in the cream and the, and the and the the uh, uh, sweetened condensed milk, add some 
pumpkin, add some, you know, pumpkin pie spice. Right. And then like a half a cup of brandy. Mmm. Oh, that gives it some body. And put that in, and put that in, a, put that in a pie shell, and just bake it. Wow. It was heavenly. Of course, I, I have no business God. eating that now. But it's you know be a good thing to take to a dinner or, you know, for people who can eat. You know eat what? That sweet. I, you shit. You fucked me up. Now I was I was. You fucked me up. Hey, oh, I'm going out. Look, now I got to go get cheesecake. I'm serious, man. I I, I just the vision. I could see that damn sweet potato pie, but now I've, I've got to have some cheesecake. And I'm not fucking playing. I'm not kidding. Shit. If somebody gets in my way, they're going to be in trouble. Never mind. Do you think I'm kidding? Look. All this good food. You know, and there's people who have nothing to eat. Oh. So and and the dressing okay. and the dressing was fantastic. I had oysters in it. Yummy. Well, the dressing, you know, that's always um, that's always one of the best parts because you can clean up the plate. Oh, dressing and 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 it just the cranberry sauce, the dressing, the 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 the, the, the turkey, all, all the, the gravy, all at one time. Just whoop, yep, happy. Oh, and then the next, then, yeah. and then then the skillet fried potato cakes the next day when the potatoes have sat and gotten nice and stiff in the refrigerator. <sighs> now, how do you do that without burning them to the, the pan? Oh, I mean, they they won't. I mean, you melt a little butter in the bottom of you know, melt a little pal- butter in the skillet, and and you make your potato cake your potato cake patty, and dust it with a little bit of flour and into the butter and it makes this gorgeous golden crust and you turn it and more gorgeous golden crust and everybody's happy. That, mm, that sounds delicious. You know, what is this? Uh, there used to be something I used to get from the food truck. Kalachi. Kalachi. It's like, I think it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a, a, a Jewish uh, snack food. Oh, are you, are you talking about a little pastry? Yeah, but it, yeah, it has like different things. Yeah, in those it. are yeah, like uh, apricot or you know, strawberry or peach or uh, yeah, yeah uh, kolachkis, uh, kolachkis. Yeah, th- those are actually Czech. Kolach. They're Czech, Central European. They're Czech. And I had my first one and only one uh, again years and years ago when uh, our buddy Doctor Allen hosted me down in Texas, and we went to this. And and some of the other Texans in the Horn Family Community Congregation had directed me to this uh, truck stop and bakery in West Texas, and uh, we stopped. Oh God, they were good. Yeah, they're good. Light, fluffy, flaky. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other side, you got the pierogies. You know, speaking of the potatoes. But, oh, <clears throat> break my heart with pierogies. I love the sauerkraut stuffed pierogies. I love all of them. I mean, that 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 never. It, it's so much good food out here. You know, a lot of times we think we don't have anything in the house, but you had to be creative. You always have something. Keep 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 things in the house. You always have something to eat. Keep some eggs. Cook some rice because egg fried rice with scraps of meat, a little vegetable. 
keep some fish sauce, and then that gives it that, and ginger, fish sauce and ginger. That's the secret to making your, uh, you know, whatever fried rice, shrimp, meat, oh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, fish sauce, oyster sauce, yep. yeah. You know, and then that, that gives it that je ne sais quoi. Like, ooh, I hit it. Yeah, you if, if you use too much. No, it doesn't take a lot. It'll last you a year. It ain't cheap, but it will last you a long time. Right. It'll last you a long time. Yeah, put a little bit. If you're making ramen broth, you put a little bit in, along with your bonito, mm. bonito flakes. And Now, this is soup. We're in the soup season now. And, oh, we, and we folks, so are. You know, God, soup, I, you know, soup is so easy to make from scratch. Keep some onions and garlic, saute that, throw in a little bit of meat. Water. Your oh, I couldn't. I couldn't afford it, but Kroger had oxtails the other day, and I wanted to. Oh, make, I wanted to make soup. a pot of oxtail soup so damn bad because I make an. It's real hot, and spicy. No, not hot and spicy. Uh, it, it's 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 cold weather comfort food. Mm. It was the first uh, when we were still down in Birmingham, and I was recovering. It was the first thing that I got up, and, and when I was able to get up and just spend an all a whole day on my feet, it was the first thing I cooked. And Annette said it was the most delicious thing I'd ever made her in our years together. It has a special flavor. It doesn't taste like an you know well, because ox, oxtail has all oxtail has all that collagen in it, and it melts, and it mm. adds a velvety it, it, a velvety thickening quality to it. And of course, the meat is just heavenly tender. Yeah, I know. That's why they have to have those oxes with like five tails. They're highly prized. Five-tailed oxes. Well, you got to have soup, don't you? <laughs> Oxen genetically engineered to have five tails. Todd. For, from your mouth to... What's you smoking? Ears. <laughs> oh, right now, nothing. But there's always the future. Um, I, I tell you what. But I will say this. I'm going to tell you something. Now, I had an injury in a while ago, not, you know, a few months ago. And I'm looking in my drawer now. And, you know, at first it was the hydrocodone. No, at first, but then I looked in the drawer. I was like, what? No wonder I was asleep. I had oxycodone, too. I mean, the oxycodone. I mean, I opened it up the other day because I didn't, you know, I was, I stopped my pain went away. So I stopped using it. And I smelled, I opened the bottle. It smells strong. Like that shit smells like that. That shit is fucked up. That shit is fucked up. So this is going to remain in this drawer here unless I have a terrible, um, accident. But, uh, that shit ain't no fucking joke, man. Yeah, that that's some crazy shit. But it's needed if you're in terrible pain. You know, it has to be out there. But I can see how people would get addicted to it. But uh, that's why it's in the drawer and not inside of me. Mm. Mm, I don't know why I brought that up. Hmm? I said, yeah, why it's inside the drawer and not inside me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know why I could get. Yeah. So, and yep, that's what's happening over here. And 
So how are things on your end? Uh, you know, it's it was a quiet weekend, and uh, I'm, I'm still really impressed with that one recipe that I invented uh, a week ago yesterday, well, over the weekend before last, the, uh, the asparagus bisque. It was. It just. It just oh, popped into. Oh shit! That just, sounds good already. Oh, it just popped into my head, and it, it took. It took a day and a half. I took my time because I made two batches of it. I made the first batch. Went. Hmm. I need to do this and this, and improved it. And it was smooth Ooh. and creamy and vegetal, and Damn, and, and and the seasoning was. Uh, I used tarragon with it because I think tarragon and asparagus just goes beautifully mm. together. Asparagus is so special. It's so special. Yeah. And I made a I made a I made a puree of the asparagus and then built that and then built that into the into the soup and simmered it for low on low 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 for hours, and it was just thick and with some crusty French bread. Oh. Did you puree the stems? Uh, only the part that only uh, the, you know because you know you know the trick with fresh asparagus you bend it and it'll break where it's edible. Right. So the the, the the woody stem ends, I just slow simmered to turn into uh, basically asparagus broth, and use that okay. for the soup. The part, that, yes, I pureed, I pureed the asparagus. I, I simmered it separately, and right. pureed it uh, with the with the hot broth in the blender, and added uh, heavy cream. I'm telling you, you're working on my appetite. I wasn't kidding about the, the, the no. The, the pie, uh, because now, you know, well, people who don't, well, you know, one time I got a whole crate, not, well, more than a couple, actually. I don't, I don't know. It was just got by a lot. I'd never had that much asparagus in my life, and I just, it was like great. Where I had the time to cook, and, and like, like you're saying, it has a, you know, it's nothing like asparagus, and it's like grilled asparagus, but that soup, hmm. Asparagus. Now, now in, in in Germany, they love their uh, white asparagus, and to make that mm. to make that bisque with white asparagus would be super special. And the the asparagus farms they 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 put stakes in the ground and put uh, like tarps over the asparagus to keep the chlorophyll from turning the asparagus green. But that was going to ask and that's a, a and that's a, a and that's a it's a it's a spring delicacy. Well, asparagus is a delicacy, but if you, you see what it takes to grow asparagus, it's a pain. Like it really, like it's, it's a lot of work. There's a reason it costs what it costs. It's, it's a lot of work. Uh, well, I made a gallon of this stuff with two bundles. Hmm. That sounds good. Did you put some in the freezer? No, I gave it all away. Mm. I had like a bowl of it and then took it over to the Friendsgiving dinner, along with some Kaneka red beans and rice, homemade. Right, right. And pimento cheese deviled eggs. That sounds like a winner right there. Oh, oh it was. They, the foil came off and they were Here. gone in less than a minute. Just. Oh. People, I don't know about you, but people around here just lose it for deviled eggs. They're always good. People here too. Come on. And each oh, and, deviled e- and each deviled egg, you know, I put I, I put it in a, a plastic bag and piped it into the little into the egg halves. And then I took one a, li- a little a little triangle of fried bacon, 
you know what brand I used. I was going to ask you if there was some crumbled bacon in no, it. No, not crumbled. I, I, took, I, mean, I, just I, took, I just took one bacon chip and stuck it in the filling in each egg. Just enough for just enough flavor. Yeah. And, and of course, it was, it was food lion bacon. Well, uh, well, I had some of that today. Yeah, I mean, it, it, for it, going to the grocery store for bacon, yeah, food line. Food line. It, how do they do that? That's I don't know. I don't know who's out. doing it. I don't know if it's Oscar Mayer or Hormel or who, but you know, somebody's packing it for them. But it's damn good. It's and it, and, I mean, and it won't and it won't break you. No. And you're like, oh, store brand. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Until like after the twentieth time, I'm like, well. Maybe this is just as good as I think it is. You know. Oh, yes. Yeah, and they, so those those line of food. Those, yeah, the, those those deviled eggs were so. And I'd made I'd I'd made pimento cheese deviled eggs before because you know you just t- you know you you mash up your you mash up your egg yolks and then you put them then you uh, fold in the pimento cheese and work it together. Add a little mayo just to make it you know get your consistency right. Make it pipeable. Mm-hmm. And the flavor was heavenly. Well, yeah, I've, I've been eating deviled eggs since I was a lad. Oh, that was one of the foods I always liked. The first time I had it, I think it was the paprika. When I saw that paprika, I thought that looks interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. I hit them. I hit them with some paprika. Uh, in fact, if you uh, I, did, I post. I don't know if I did. No, I don't think I did. Uh, I didn't post a picture on social media. Because the presentation wasn't awesome, all I just had was a an aluminum foil pan. And it, next, I, well, I, got, I would love to go over if I can afford it. Uh, over at Tamarack, we've talked about Tamarack, the uh, West Virginia Arts and Crafts Center over in Beckley by the Turnpike. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. They got a wonderful selection of Fiesta ware. Oh, which is made in West Virginia, Union I made in, Union made in West Virginia. All those beautiful, no vibrant, really? yeah, all those beautiful, vibrant colors, pastel colors. Yeah. yeah, I grew up with that. And they introduce new colors every year. And I need, I would like to get a couple of deviled egg trays. You know, damn, I can't believe you're hitting on all these notes. You know, Fiesta Way. I'm telling, like my that. Come on, man. That, the pig Saturday mornings, my pancakes and 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 syrup and everything. We always had that was that was on the Fiesta where. And then when it got to the point I had to wash the dishes, I was like, oh, these are easy to clean. You know, the, the food didn't stick. Yeah. Yeah, the por- the, it's That's- good. It's good. It's got, It's a good, por- you know, baked porcelain coating. That's some high. Man, we, we didn't know that was going to be like, like the Corel. Like these Corel pans, like I've got, you know, this Pyrex Corel stuff. Yeah. It's collector's items now. And, and I'm still like these, like just like the um, iron skillets. You know, all the stuff becomes oh, collector's Yeah, my, my, my cornbread gets made in an iron skillet that's probably 150 years old. Isn't that beautiful? Karma, you know. All those, all those, all those uh, loving women's hands, you know, making cornbread. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure that, that my, my uh, cornbread iron skillet probably started out baking in a, in a wood-fired oven. Mm-hmm. It probably did. I mean, it, of course it did. I mean, how could it not be? 150 years old, yeah. It was one of those with the feet on it. And, hey, put some more wood in the 
So if you're going if you're going if you're going to head out for pie or cheesecake or whatever, are you taking are you taking the Maverick? <laughs> you know, um I probably will cuz it's out of the driveway. I think did I pull it back in yet? No. Yeah, I'll probably take that. Yeah, I'm not going to take the Toyota. Uh yeah, I'm not going to Yeah, I'll probably take the Maverick. Uh Yep. And um you know, I don't regret the purchase. Oh, no. Not, not yet. Because uh, I'm telling you, that mileage is great. You know, it meets my purposes. It's not. And it's interesting because, you know, they're both the Toyota and the Maverick are both hybrids. But um, one is newer and one is not. But they're both. I, I would say if anybody's going to buy a. Uh, a hybrid gasoline hybrid you don't don't drive it like you would drive a regular full gasoline car get up to speed and then let off the accelerator and then feather it or incrementally uh depress the accelerator however you want to term it you know just keep it going in other words use your momentum to get the best mileage because if you drive it like a regular gas car you're not going to get your full efficiency of course, you know where you are. You don't necessarily have to worry about, you know, snow, you know, snowy roads or anything. So that helps. Yeah, yeah, all that probably. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, and I, now, I think, think I'm, I'm going to be what? I'm going to be taking the little heat buddy um, propane heater with me into the bedroom this evening because it got ugly last night and it's going to be ugly again tonight. Let's see uh, what do we got here. Um, Oh, it's 22 degrees right now under a full moon, uh, and we're on the way down. Damn! To, yeah, it, we're on the way it's down. It's early. Holy shit! We're it's on the early we're on the way down to 19. Um, you know, today's high was 29. Shit! Damn. Hmm. Well, you know what? I don't know if we talked about this or or uh, before, but because um, you know. I don't like to put on my central heat. Only certain times I, I, I cut the, you know, all of it on because I'm not heating up the whole neighborhood. But these small ceramic heaters are amazing. They, they, they really, they're, they're, they're compact and they're energy efficient. And, you know, and they can heat up a whole room, like really a room or two, just leave it running. Um, I, I'm just saying, dude, because, you know, when we were growing up, they had these heaters that were like basically toasters with a fan behind it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't efficient and it was dangerous. A lot of a lot of people's houses burned down, the cords would get hot. And, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're having mess, a discussion but, here. We're having a discussion here about whether to use propane, uh, uh, propane heat or kerosene heat to get through the winter. Neither one is an optimal choice, but... Uh, that clean coal fried electricity will break will break will will break my break my skinny ass. Do, do you so the same thing happened to you that happened here? Um, and I, I'm serious. I have to get solar panels because uh, they they had it. They told us it's everything's going up sixty percent. Period. You know, have you, I don't drink a lot of it, but you know, I'll pick up a twelve pack for uh, Annette and me. Uh, have you seen what's happened to soda pop prices? 
Oh, yeah, they're $2 higher. A 12-pack of Coca-Cola at Kroger was nearly $9. Now, you, you know what, Robin? I'm glad you brought that up, and I know we're about to break, but I hope, I hope you can address this maybe on one of your future, soon future programs, because I think a lot of people aren't paying attention to this. They're, I'm convinced, and Bernie knows, Bernie Sanders knows, there's price gouging. That's all it is. These people have been making, they just got more money. Once again, back to that 20% pay, pay raise they got. Then they got help from COVID. So why are they going up on prices? They're paying their workers a little bit more. That's the excuse they're going to use. But that's why Biden has brought up the fact that they are price gouging. And that's one of the reasons why the corporate sector does not like Biden, because he he has done he's walked look at look at what look at what he's done. He's been to war zones. They say he's incompetent. Look, that nigga is fast on his feet. Who else could handle well, all that, these? That, you know, we played that we played that clip from the View, and 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 um, Elise Fair Griffin said, you know, I don't like either of them. You know, and Trump makes these gaps, and God knows Joe Biden's made it. What gaps? I see plenty of Biden clips. I just happen to know that he has had a stutter all his life. All his life. Imagine the pressure he's under. His son is being persecuted. He knows people hate him. You don't, we don't even know how many death threats he's got. They're not gonna, they don't want us to know. He's, he's gotten the hostages out. That was Joe Biden. Joe Biden went, hey, hey, uh, BB. Because they don't really get along. But he was like, yo, you know, come on. This is a bit much. Joe Biden, this is exactly who we need. We don't need some mentally ill fascist who's, who's losing it and has lost it. And, and God knows what else is, who said to constitute. What, what, look, they need me. I, I'm telling you, they need us to make, uh, do, do these advertisements. It's very simple. You know, this fucker keeps bringing up, uh, Obama because he knows that's a dog whistle to, you know, the brown shirts. Because we're dealing with brown shirts now. Once again, we should have stopped for two days after Charlottesville. We should have stopped for two days. We gave permission structures to this bullshit. And now the fire is raging. We didn't put the fire out when we could have. No, we missed missed an opportunity. Look at Mike. Look at the Speaker of the House. He's a crazy person. Well, I'll I put it this way. I don't. I, I, I vehemently disagree with his ideologies. I'll put it like that. And he, he'll bring it. He wants. He wants World War Three to happen. He wants everything to blow up. That he. That's oh, where he, he, no. He's a uh, Mullah Mike Johnson is an absolute bo- guaranteed bona fide brass bound nut job. And a danger, a dangerous theocrat as well. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll be glad when they vote him out. I hope he steps over the line. And they can get him out and see what else they have to offer. Um, I think it could end up being uh, Newsom and Haley, or Newsom and Christie. I think it end up. It might end up being Newsom and Christie. Well, I did notice, because I asked you if you'd caught Chris Christie on Jehoshaphat this morning, I, mm-hmm. I did notice that he's trying to sort of moderate his 
extremism <laughs> because he is. He's in, he's just another extremist, and he's hateful as shit. Ask anybody in New Jersey that isn't a. You Did know. you see him straining to moderate? He was straining. He was straining. I'm sorry. Robert, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, no, he was. He was straining. I was afraid. I, he, totally agree I was. I was afraid he was going to ri- wind up with a hymnia. <laughs> hymnia, come on, a little bit of love. Hymnia. I heard you. I'm, all right, I, I got it. I'm still, but I, it's just I find it interesting that that uh, that you know I saw it also. I definitely. He was like he was like he was in church. He was like I'm going to be in my best behavior. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be an asshole. <laughs> Because Mika will make me stand in a corner. And, and I want to be asked back so I can get my message out. So I'll be very respectful to Mika, that nasty bitch. But so I'll be respectful. Oh, God. Jeez. You know, this, this is when, why when, I when he said, Oh, no, he's going to he's he's going to get convicted in D.C. It's 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 all over. But the, it's all over. But the jury voting, he's guilty. He was deadpan. He was and, dead. I, and I do give like, him. I do give him this much credit. Dude was a uh, what? Uh, the U.S. attorney for the second largest U.S. attorney's office in any of the fifty states. Yep. Like he said, for seven years, I think he said. He 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 may actually know what the hell he's doing uh, at least a little bit. You know, he's a cop. Well, right. I mean, yes, and and that that's what's interesting about it. So, and and, I, and and it seems you know he's politically savvy. He's been a governor. You know, that's a big deal to be a governor. He was a terrible governor, like any Republican governor. governor. Nonetheless, I know. You know what? You know who was good was uh, Christine, Christy Todd Whitman. Yeah, yeah. Who went yeah, on? Uh, uh, easy, easy, easy there, easy there, champ. Because she went on to be EPA administrator and. After 9/11, told everybody, "Oh no, the air, the air in the air in uh, uh, South Manhattan is uh, fine. They breathe it all." Oh, she did do that, didn't she? Yeah, she did. She's like, well, yeah. that was. Um... Well, I'm going to roll <laughs> out of here. You said you were leaving 30 minutes ago, and I made you stay an extra half hour. Apologize. Sorry about that. But, yeah, that's but okay. we couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't yeah. get out without a little bit of food porn. Yeah, it's it's a good thing. I meant to mention. Oh yeah, um, I, I baked I baked a very small ham too. That was nice. Well, you have to have the ham. You know, with the mustard and brown sugar glaze, and uh, again, it sounds delicious. Uh, the apple pie spice, pumpkin pie spice, whatever. The cloves, yeah, yeah, Get pineapple. Some cloves in. And See cloves, honey, and mustard. Yeah. Oh, that sounds delicious. Or. You know, well, dark brown sugar. Get that molasses thing going on. You, mm. Go find something to eat, to Todd. Yeah, it's time to eat. Mm. You, you know what? Uh, I hope I hope that you. Um, I hope you have a nice dinner, and I hope you have a nice snack or whatever you're going to eat later on. Yeah, it's it's post and, it's a uh, it's post show snack time. And and stay in your best behavior. You don't know what you're asking of me. I know it's going to be hard, but please. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and you know put on nine more layers of clothing and get ready for bed in a couple of hours. 
Yeah. I don't want to think about it. I don't blame you. I dread. I was dreading this. It's going to get better though because, uh, oh what this this brutal cold snap. Um, we get back to like 38, 47, 41 overnight lows um, by the end of the week. Well, and, and we have to get hardened off. You know, it's winter time now. We got to get hardened off for this. Yeah. So we need a, we, we we need the we need the ground to freeze so there won't be a. It'll be a less buggy, uh, less buggy summer next year, because I'm already counting down to yeah. warm weather. I, about to, I was about to say that this is what this time of year is. What you're like, you start counting down. Spring will be here soon. Sad. Spring will be. Here. Yeah, I, it, you know he's gone now. But Jimmy Buffett, you know, singing at the top of his lungs, I want to go where it's warm. Because <sighs> I do. I'm not playing. I've, I've got I've got long johns for every day of the week. I, I've been investing. I'm not I'm not playing with the cold anymore. I'm done with that. Oh, I just I, now that I'm now that now that I'm running on an estrogen uh, uh, operating system, I get so much colder, so much faster. It's rough. <laughs> well, I, I have, I've repented for all those years when I would look at Annette and say. Honey, I can't take off any more clothing. You're going to have to put some on. I'm dying in here. It's so hot. And I'm like, no, nope, no, nope. let's 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 make it nice and sauna-like in here. That'll be just fine. <laughs> nice and the leotards, man. Got to. I mean, must be something. I never understood how the women women could wear the skirts. It's freezing out. Like, why? How, how can you wear? A skirt? Oh no, there are fleece. There are fleece line tights out there. They're heavenly. Warm as toast. Well, stay warm, and um, and I just want to say, you know, don't don't hate on me. Don't hate on me. I'm doing the best I can. Not hating. No hate. I'm just in general. Everybody, don't hate on me. I'm doing the best I can. You know, I'm, I stumble through things, but I'm just no, doing the best no, I you can. get you. Yeah, shut up. You get fan mail. Quit it. Well, I hope you enjoy your food. <laughs> Todd, have a good night, my friend. <laughs> See ya. All right. Bye. Bye. Our buddy Todd. Lovely conversation for a Titanic Tuesday after all that epic titanicity. Uh, thanks, everybody. Listen, uh, every dollar that comes in between uh, for the next $545 gets tripled. And we've got... You know, today, tomorrow, pretty much. And it would be great to finish the month of November fully funded. So if you're if you're of a mind to help, thanks so much. And thanks to everybody who did help. Uh, and thank you to Lori who said, you know, it's Giving Tuesday. Let's keep Robin on the air. Because it's a month-to-month proposition. It just is. I, I, I wish it would. I mean, because we don't have any ads for Buy Gold Now. Or... Bose Wave Radios or any of those other hustles that the right way. No super beats, stupid beats, none of that. It's just a program and we don't we don't turn you over to the tender mercies of advertisers. And by the way, Dr. Allen, I got your email. Um, yeah, Miller that was uh, that was Miller's Barbecue in Belton, Texas. But uh, Dr. Allen said, yeah. Austin's Blue, 
but places like Temple and Belton are almost as red as Waco. Great to hear from you, Dr. Allen. Hope you're well. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Happy holiday season. So, like I said, thanks, everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors and everybody answering this massive happy holidays true tripling challenge. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in this program however you choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, if you're a podcast listener, please like and subscribe. It's a free and easy way to uh, help other people find the program and participate. Leave a comment for the algorithm or, hey, uh, share the podcast post that I put up on Facebook or that tawdry little website that used to be Twitter. And i got to start posting to threads and blue sky too just not really good at this whole social media thing uh, but uh, nonetheless nonetheless um, thank you for listening thank you for being part of this community thank you John Fox in Australia thank you Ben Birch whiterosesociety.org it appears to be down right now that's why I'm not posting there I've tried and failed but all those other podcast platforms work Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster, get your RSV vaccine, get your flu shot. Um, check in, depending on if you are uh, one of the at risk population groups, check in on your pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Uh, it protects against 20 forms of uh, uh, pathogens that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're around maggots, wear your mask. If you're around groups of more than five, even if they aren't, wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance in, these holiday, in, the, in this holiday season as best you can. And, uh, well... If uh, if James Comer comes toward you down the sidewalk, uh, prattling about how Hunter Biden's done set a trap for me, uh, avoid avoid Comer pile. God, that was good. Avoid Comer pile like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later. <laughs>